Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 46, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and as you can see right below my face, I got my original Twitter account back. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller. And for, I think, the second straight week, he's rocking that awesome Seattle Kraken hat. Or maybe I just saw him wearing it in person. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi. And once again... Back with the fan favorite. With the fan favorite, Bauer... What's going on, gentlemen? I know why you think I was wearing it last week, but I, I wasn't. I think I know why. You were not wearing it on the show, but when I saw you in person crushing some sushi, you were absolutely well, wearing it. And the hat I was wearing on the show last week was the North Carolina hat, so it's the same color. Ah, okay. Roughly okay. around this, so I can and, see why you would think that. Yeah, absolutely. I we was got- not wearing this hat last week. No, you were wearing a Bruins hat, I think, last week, correct? Was I? I don't even remember. Honestly, I I didn't put much thought into it today. This hat was sitting right on the coffee table, so it's like uh, it's the first hat I grabbed. Yeah, there you go. You kind of brought up the North Carolina hat, Frank. We got some big news over the last week or so, and I don't have it included in any of our periods to talk about because I kind of figured we'd just mention it right at the top. And, of course, that means next year – we haven't even gotten to this stadium series yet between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars, or it's not Dallas Stars, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators that's going to take place in Nashville this year. But they announced next year's little couple events. The All-Star Game is going to be home of the Florida Panthers. I believe it's called the BB&T Arena. Joe, you're the Atlantic guy. You might be able to correct me on that. That sounds familiar. Um, the Winter Classic is going to be hosted by your Boston Bruins with opponent TBD at Fenway Park. So Joey asked me, he goes, isn't this the first time that there's going to be a repeat Winter Classic venue? This is going to be the first time there's a repeat Winter Classic city. There has never been two cities. There have been multiple home teams. But for example, Foxborough is a very different town than Boston. And the Bruins have hosted, okay, both at each stadium. The Blackhawks. They've hosted at Wrigley for the Winter Classic, and they've hosted at Notre Dame. South Bend, Chicago, very different from each other. This is the first time that a Winter Classic will be played in the same city twice. And then Frankie brought up North Carolina. North Carolina's football stadium is going to host a stadium series game between the Carolina Hurricanes opponent to be determined. Guys, what's your reaction to this stuff? I'm excited. Frank, you first. I'm excited, that. (laughs) <laughs> kind of stole Joey's thunder. Yeah, you thought, I, I was but supposed it, to be first. It, it didn't look like you were going to say anything. Well, you, you just started. You're like, I'm excited. Well, I am excited. That's why I started right away. I mean, I love North get, Carolina. Get your jitters out. Get your jitters you out. see the Hurricanes play a game at the North Carolina Stadium. I think it's going to be fantastic. And, Joe, for your Boston Bruins, I know you're going to be pumped for that game. You'd probably love to go to that game. Um, my guess, the Bruins would host a rivalry opponent. Um, I, 
I don't know. I can only guess who they would put in. Or, I mean, I think Bruins Montreal outdoor game would be kind of sick, but who knows if I, they'll do that? Yeah. So here's my early, I have early a, guess. I have a heavy guess on both. My early guess is it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. My second the, guess. That was what I was That's what I only because too. the Montreal Canadiens Boston Bruins was. Uh, 2015 at Gillette Stadium. I don't know if they're going to repeat the two opponents. The only thing that confused me, it said for that Winter Classic, it said uh, that the opponent is to be determined and confirmed date is to be confirmed. Like it, It's going to be on New Year's Day. There's no is way. Is New not... Year's Day a Sunday? Yes. Then it'll be the second. Really? Yeah. Guaranteed. I didn't even think of that. They're not going to put the Winter Classic against NFL football. No shot. No shot. Damn, they're never. I, they, I didn't think about. I do. I do know for a one hundred percent fact that New Year's Day, two thousand twenty-three, is a Sunday. Okay, so it being on February second changes a lot, or January second changes a lot of things. I all agree. I think they're going to play the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to play the New Jersey Devils. A little, little wink, wink on that. Wink, wink. I think they're going to be playing the New Jersey Devils. All right, well, Vinny knows something we don't. So well, okay, and so so based on things I've heard and stuff like that, New Jersey Devils. Okay, it's a maybe. I don't think it's going to be the Florida Panthers because they're hosting the All Star Game. They make yeah. sense, but they're hosting the All Star Game. The Bruins make sense because of the Whalers Bruins rivalry, but they're hosting the Winter Classic. So really, to me. For the Hurricanes opponent, it comes down to the Devils and the Rangers. Penguins would make kind of sense. Penguins too. would make sense too. They're, they're going to want to pick a good team. I feel. I I think the NHL yeah. has Penguins fatigue right now. Do you remember who was the most marketed player during the All Star game? Most marketed. The most that they showed. The most that they talked about. Yeah, it was. It, two, I mean, it was Jack Hughes and it was Zegers. It was Lil Jizzy. It was Lil yeah. Jizzy. I, I, why, did, why did that was? Is that a name for him that Devils fans have? He came <laughs> up weird. with it for himself. It, it is a little it, weird. It, I, I know. Mean, I know. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan yeah. of it either. But it rolls off the tongue, Lil Jizzy. Um, I I think it's going to be uh, the rolls Devils. off the tongue in more ways than one. Huh? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to be a great <laughs> team next year. Yeah. They're they they're not going to be a great team next year, but I don't think they're going to be as atrocious of a team as they are right now. And the NHL loves marketing Jack Hughes. I mean, that, we, that's my saying pick. that we've been saying that for like three years. They're not yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the NHL's here to make money. Yeah, so they need to market whoever whoever's going to get the best ratings for the NHL. Yeah, they're not going to put in a shitty team, and they're not going to. Well, they they've put in shitty teams. The Buffalo oh, Sabers. Oh, trust me, I know. I remember the days the Buffalo Sabers were in. Yeah, but there was reason they put them in. Yeah, there there's reason to put the Devils. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if it's a, they're going to choose based off. Obviously, they're going to choose based off the team, whatever. But you get what there I'm are a saying. lot of yeah, there are a lot of criteria to go into it. My prediction Bruins, Leafs, Devils, Hurricanes. And the Devils and Hurricanes have a long storied rivalry. That's the team that the Devils have played in the playoffs the most in their entire history, I believe. So yeah. and Bruins Leafs just makes the most sense to me. The only reason I could see them not doing Bruins Leafs is if they don't want a Canadian team in it. Because the Winter Classic traditionally has been, you know. American teams, the the Canadians were in it. Wasn't the the Canadians being in the Bruins the first uh, time that the Canadian team has been in the Winter Classic? No, the Leafs played the Red Wings at the Big House the year before. Oh, that was the year before. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I could even so. say like Bruins Rangers. 
to be honest with you. I definitely Bruins I'm Rangers is possible. I 100% think I it will be that. an original 16. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So that's a lot of fun. All star game in Florida. That'd be sick to go to. It'll be warm. What is there at the bottom of the screen that made you guys laugh? And it threw me off. I couldn't even think of what I I did. I read like the first part of it. What do you mean? You didn't read it? No, I didn't read it. I didn't want to lose my train. It was an an urban dictionary definition of the word jizz. And it kind of caught Skyler off guard too, as he says, What did I just walk in? When you look it up in the dictionary, it's just a picture of Jack Hughes's face. (laughs) Lil Jizzy. He's changing the game, the jizz game it's just forever. weird. But wait a minute. So, so Joe, you've seen that nickname like out there besides just coming from my mouth, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's weird. It, uh, it is a little weird. I, I think he might have came up with it when he was a young little twat playing. He's so awkward. Like, not awkward, but he is like – He's, he's he's like a little cocky, he's a, arrogant He's a character. Punk. I was watching like a, a puck personality. Punk. I was watching a puck personality today. <laughs> And all these players are so serious. They were asking about the lacrosse style goal. And all these players are so serious saying, oh, yeah, I think it's cool. It's cool for the game. Then there's some players who are like, I hate it. And then all of a sudden it goes to Jack. He's like, yeah, I think it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He, he's like a little rat that you would like see playing rat hockey. Like him, Quinn, and Luke were probably – there were probably people that loved them and people that hated them at their local rink when they played. Oh, everyone them. hated them. Yeah, well, look how that worked out for all three of them. So, Quinn has been awesome with the Canucks lately. Like, back in the Norris Trophy conversation, kind of. Like, he's a superstar. Bruce Boudreau. What? Both have COVID at the same time. Dude, they caught it in Vegas. There's no doubt. Quinn was in Vegas. You think Quinn was with them? What? Would you come see me if I was in the All-Star game? I'd come see you. Yeah, there's so many players. So many players are, are positive right now, and it's it's because if you were in the All Star game, okay, you were at Vegas partying with everyone, yeah. and if you were out of the All Star game, you probably went and partied somewhere else. Yeah, did on you your see? Break. Did you see that TikTok that had like Dylan Larkin and Mark Stone like just passing around drinks and shit too? And they were it was after the skills competition, and then the next day you got cats like Peter DeBoer up there like, yeah, I'm really hungover. Yeah. <laughs> like just so funny. So I I enjoyed that stuff. I'm excited for next season's events florida will be cool i do think the two regardless of who either team's opponents are we could make predictions till we're blue in the face i got a little wink wink on the devils but we'll see if that actually comes true because there are some other good options for the hurricanes too like the rangers like the islanders so i definitely think it'll be a metro team for sure philly maybe would make they, sense but I, they're, they're gonna trade Giroux. i don't really know um what were you gonna say waiting, maybe they're waiting to see if they get shane right dude <laughs> We'll talk about that kid in a couple shows from now. And yeah, that kid's unreal. And, dude, Bedard. I mean, the next two drafts have a number one overall pick. It's like when we were going into the 2014-15 season. The Hawks won the Stanley Cup. And people were like, dude, the next two drafts have McDavid, Matthews, and Eichel. Like, we're going to get three top ten players drafted first or second overall in the next two drafts. Like, that could be the case right now. Bedard, Mitchkov, and... Um, Shane Wright could legitimately be top 10 players in the NHL five years from now. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully the devil's got to stop stinking though. Last night was a good start, but guess what? Montreal sucks. What are you laughing at? Wait, where are you going with Montreal sucks? Cause you know, they just fired their head coach like nine minutes ago. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Who'd the devil's, hire? the devil's got a head coach fired. The Montreal Canadians. Like, um, look, I just got a notification on NHL. 
Canadians fire coach Dominique Duchemin. Breaking news. I forget how to say his name. Here on Bar Down Talking Hockey. Well, somebody's got to step in. Canadians fire coach (laughs) Dominique Ducharme. Montreal is 8.37 after cup final appearance last season. Hold on. The Canadians are calling me. That is unbelievable. (laughs) The Canadians say the status of assistant coaches Alex Burroughs, Eric Gravel, Mario LeBlanc, Trevor Lukowski, Eric Raymond, and Luke Richardson remains unchanged. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I figured we would talk about that because I actually read that right before – we went live like it was literally like we were we were in the pre-studio or whatever and i read that they fired his head coach i didn't say anything because i figured we would talk about it but i guess i was the one to break the news to you guys replacement is still to be announced and you want to know something crazy me shay weber with his boot (laughs) montreal montreal well that's part of the reason they suck is not having price and weber i mean they probably wouldn't be a cup team anymore but like they'd be better than than eight and thirty yeah um their general manager was um, what's his Bergevin, Mark Bergevin, and he was let go because of the whole Kyle Beach thing and with the Blackhawks. And he was replaced by hold on, I have his name right here. It was hold on, hold on, hold on. Kent Hughes, Kent Hughes is their GM. His son, Jack Hughes is about to be drafted in this year's upcoming draft. There's going to be two Jack Hughes in the NHL. So it's not related to Quinn Hughes? or No, nope, none of them. And it's, it's funny. it's related to Jack Hughes, but not that Jack Hughes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jack, Jack Hughes will be a, this, the new Jack Hughes. He plays at Northeastern, Joe. He just played in the Bean Pot. The Bean Pot was yesterday or Monday for those who follow college hockey. You know, we love the Bean Pot. Um, he plays for Northeastern and he's going to be a top 10 draft pick in this upcoming draft. What so there will be, does he play? he's a winger and center. He plays both. Imagine so, if he went to the Devils. Yeah, Hughes and Hughes. Well, Hughes here's, Hughes. The, here's the thing. He's, <laughs> not, he's not a top five pick. Luke Hughes coming in the pipeline. Okay, so there's Jack, there's Quinn Hughes, who's on the Vancouver Canucks, Jack Hughes on the New Jersey Devils, Luke Hughes on the New Jersey Devils, and Jack Quinn who was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres oh, last year. I quit it right there. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Quinn, Jack Quinn was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres with the – Jack Quinn Hughes or just Jack No, Quinn? just Jack Quinn. Oh, Jack I was Quinn. Like, this is getting – Yeah, and, and, next year, and this year is another Jack Hughes. So, like, the Hughes – All we need Jack, is a Quinn Jack and we got all the – A Quinn Jack stuff. or a Quinn a – Quinn Why not Luke, a Luke Jack? A Luke Jack, yeah. Luke Jack. Yeah. Jack Luke. So, it's yeah, getting a little banana lands with the names. But, yeah, the Kent Hughes is – Let's not forget about Bruins prospect Cameron Hughes. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. So, Kent Hughes is the father of Jack Hughes that is about to be drafted. And he's the Montreal Canadiens GM. Hugh that knows. is the one who fired the head coach. So, that's interesting. We haven't even gotten a period so, number one, and we already have right breaking news. His head. <laughs> you don't he think I know – you don't think I he know goes, what draft is he in? <laughs> you don't think I know what Frankie meant there when he said that? I um, just kept talking. You I guys keep laughing. interrupting me. The reason I was laughing when you said, What are you laughing at? before I said, Wait, why did you say the Montreal Canadiens thing? is because when I took a sip, I feel like I always feel Frankie. Oh, he, yeah. like I he, knew it was a sun kiss right away. He, he pinpoints, he, he is so interested in what I'm drinking you every see single My eyes good. Gatorade me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, Jesse Pinkman. Love Gatorade. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to I, love Breaking Bad. It's a tweak that you haven't. I was craving a Gatorade the other well, day. Frank, look, we're empty. We're empty, Frank. So what's next on the pipeline? We will find day. out what drink is next for Joey Parisi in period number one. We have a special period number one announcement. We are going to announce to the world what Joey's drink of choice is this period. Joey. And I want to hear yeah. a crack. Oh, I want to hear it. Crack. Crack. I usually mute it. I'm usually pretty sneaky when I crack. No, it. yeah, don't mute it this time. We want to hear the crack on air. This is super week, guys. Right. We're having a super week, a super week super show. Let's go. Okay. Oh, that's oh, busy. that's a diet doctor. That's a good sure. crack. I'm gonna go with diet coke. Frank, what I did can't... you guess? Diet Dr Pepper. You're so close, but it's so like it's so precise you're never gonna guess oh it. yeah it's, it's probably like it's probably like cherry vanilla fruity tutti fruity yeah oh my god it well, i was basically right the fizz the crack i just knew it was a doctor yeah. he says the fizz sounded like doctor it did what what i just pulled out of my ass i guessed it we touched on all-star weekend so far it's so good it's so creamy it's like a doc- if you're a dr pepper fan Sounds you, like a Sprite Zero. If, you, if you're a Dr. Pepper fan and you like cream soda, they don't make they make it in non-zero. I like the zero, you know. That was funny. Save a couple cows. But what did we tell you about no free ads? Maybe okay. When Dr. Pepper contacts me, he's like, "Hey, I saw a little promo you did. We want to give you a little something." I'm gonna be like, "All right, Vin, fuck you. It's all me." Yeah. Well, I don't even like Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper stinks. So we talked. We touched on the. All-Star Weekend a little bit by bringing up Jack Hughes, most marketed player of the whole weekend, which he was. But I mean, Trevor Zegers wasn't an All-Star, and he got to go. And yeah, well, he I was going to say he was one of three players I would say that stole the show during the NHL Skills Competition, and of course that was during probably the most entertaining challenge of the night, and that's of course the Breakaway Challenge. I would say that. Trevor Zegris, Jack Hughes, and Alex Dabrinkit all stole the show by having specific skits from either a movie or something themed with Vegas. If you're Trevor Zegris, a little bit of both. Or if you're uh, Alex Dabrinkit, a little bit of both, rather. Of course, Trevor Zegris did reenacted, and he didn't reenact a scene of Dodgeball. He just gave a little tribute to something from Dodgeball where he dressed up with the average Joe's you know, jersey and did a little shot well. Some people were throwing balls at or dodgeballs at him i believe it was nhl mascots throwing dodgeballs at him and he's dodging them while blindfolded and he pulls off this move that ends up actually scoring the goal and then immediately following him was jack hughes who took a normal shot you know kind of got people like hey what's this leading to he brings out a magic box and in the magic box he throws a mini pair of gloves a mini pair a mini stick mini helmet Then he skates around a little bit, gives it a little tap, and all of a sudden, Minnie Hughes comes out. And he scores a goal, and then they toss their sticks into the crowd, imitating a goal that Jack Hughes scored against the Chicago Blackhawks on opening night. And then following that, Alex Dabrinkit comes out, dressed as Alan from The Hangover, and he even had a little baby Carlos. And other celebrities or notable people from the Vegas area dressed up as other characters from the hangover as well, including, you know, they had the Mike Tyson with the tiger and someone dressed as uh, Phil. So it was really cool to see. And then Derek Carr comes out of nowhere. Vegas is quarterback. That's our guy, Frank. And he oh, throws, he throws an absolute dime of a football 
onto the stick of Alex Dabrinkit, who deeks and scores with the football. So I think it's very easy to say that these three guys stole the show. And then that complete bum, John Hamm, that complete moron, this John Hamm. Funny, real quick, like that. That looks funny. It looks like the tiger is just like dead. Yeah, dead. <laughs> John Hamm votes 19 out of 10 for Alex Petrangelo, who plays for the hometown Vegas Golden Knights. So the crowd loved it. But we all know the real reason that John Hamm gave Alex Petrangelo a 19 out of 10 was because he was the captain of the St. Louis Blues when Hamm's favorite team, the Blues, won the Stanley Cup in 2019. Jack got robbed. Zegers got robbed. Even Dabrinkit got robbed of coming in third. What did you guys make of this challenge overall, though? Frank, I'll start with you. You know, it was it was very entertaining. I look forward to the All-Star game, and this is my favorite challenge of Same. all time that they've ever Same. had. Just because you get a lot of variety, you don't know what to expect. When you watch like the fastest skater, okay, guys are just gonna race, right? When you watch the hardest shot, they're just gonna shoot the puck. But when you watch the breakaway challenge, anything could happen. Pucks could explode as we've seen in years past. Players aren't even them really real the really themselves. We got Ovechkin in there and he wasn't even at the all-star game. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. Kaprizov um, imitating Ovechkin. It, it was just it was so fun just to see like Alex Dabrinkit bringing Derek Carr. And I don't know if you knew this. I think one of the guys was Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it was Hunter Renfro. Uh, football um, Hunter Renfro, not baseball yeah, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro from the Vegas Raiders. So just it's a, it's an all-inclusive event. You get everybody. You get all walks of life in this. You see um, personalities come to life and who these players really are off the ice when they bring that onto the ice. Um, yeah, it was just really fun to watch, and I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Joe? I couldn't agree more. Um, it, and Frank, I was waiting for you to say this word and you never said it. It's cheeky is what it, it is. is. Cheeky. It's cheeky. It's and it's hilarious because uh, I thought for sure you were going to say because that's how we describe stuff like that. But being able to see these players like and really uh, show their personalities off the ice, like we saw with Zegras, the Brinkett and uh, Hughes and even a little bit of Kaprizov. Yeah, Petrangelo was the boringest one of them all. In fact, it was pretty good, but like, I don't, I don't think it was worthy of winning. And I guess if you look back now in years past, like the fact that they actually awarded him the winner was it kind of, kind of ruined it a little bit. But uh, yeah, Jack Hughes um, and that Zegras thing. I saw a video of him practicing it that morning. There's like a whole behind the scenes video, like of the players taking advantage and really just soaking in All Star Weekend. And and Zegras was practicing it. I believe they brought in Pavel Barber, who's like a, a YouTube hockey personality who is, is he loves doing those fancy little trick shots. And he was working with Zegers like all morning. They were practicing it. He wasn't getting it like every time. Like this is a hard move to do. And whether you're able to see through that blindfold or not, which I, part of me believes he kind of was able to see through the blindfold a little I bit. Too. Um, but even still, like being able to pull off that move on one, you got one shot. You fuck it up. You're it's not going to look as cool if you do it again the second time. Um, I mean, being able to just pull it off like that. And then not only that, but little Jack Hughes, who, Ben, I'll let you go into detail on who that kid was. Um, the fact that he put the puck in the net, Zegra scored his goal, and to bring it, the football actually worked out perfect. He dropped the football to a stick and the football went in the net. The fact that all three like goals actually happened kind of made it that much cooler to me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh... – the magic trick that Jack Hughes pulled off with Minnie Hughes. I'm trying to find the kid's name. Uh, it, it's Brecken Scapetto, 
who his dad, Chris Scapetto, is a equipment manager for the New Jersey Devils. Really cool opportunity for him to go out there, imitate Jack Hughes, pull off the move, you know, hang out in the box a little bit. I think uh, I heard some similar stories about them practicing it and it just being a lot of fun. Jack Hughes had one more point on the score sheet, the legit score sheet, than Trevor Zegers. I think most people would probably have the opinion that those two deserve to come in first or second in either order. I'm obviously biased towards Hughes. You know, either one of them could have won, though, because they were both equally as entertaining, and, in my opinion. And, and then Angelo uh, comes in and John Hamm, 19 out of 10, and they like, just allowed it. Like, what? John Ham, I John Ham was just a, I like John Ham. He's I think he's hilarious and he's a blues fan. Oh, he, he is funny. He's he, he's also in one of my all time favorite movies, Baby Driver. Yeah, and he p- really pissed me off in 2019 because he is a diehard blues fan. Um, and obviously they beat the Bruins in the Cup that year. But I do like John Ham like as a person. I think he's awesome. Oh yeah. But he was a terrible judge because not only did he like do the thing with Petrangelo, and for some reason they actually counted the 19. They should have just counted it 10, um, because you know it's a one out of 10 scale. But I believe he gave uh, the only reason he gave DeBrinket a seven when everyone else was pretty high because he said a so touchdown stupid. is worth seven points. So stupid. <laughs> Did you a even touchdown's hear? Touchdowns not. No, I didn't hear that. A touchdowns not even worth seven points. I know, but that's what he said. Everyone was giving John Ham shit for only giving DeBrinket a seven. He goes, "That's what a touchdowns worth." <laughs> but it's not. It's worth six. I know. Well, well John Ham is... likes controversy. We've yeah. seen it in wrestling. A... I'm pretty sure, Joe. Right. Hasn't he like come and screwed somebody over? Like that sounds familiar, actually. Him and really? the WWE scene. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he just likes causing controversy. That's just him. He's, he's, a, a, he's a fun guy. I mean, and he... and just correct me if I'm wrong here, right? Alex Petrangelo was obviously the worst one above everyone, which I thought he could have done way more. Yeah, being from right. Vegas, he he's plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. So you're the hometown guy. You could have had like Snoop Dogg or Lil Wayne or something. Yeah. Sick. yeah. Like think about it. Alex DeBrinkett brought in Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro, Vegas guys. But the guy who plays for the Vegas Golden Knights didn't do anything like that. Like it was very eye appealing. I yeah. thought it was cool with all the lights, but yeah. I thought it was, he could have done so much more. Like the fans are looking up to you like, all right, here we go. Everybody's been waiting for this moment. You're going last. You're going to put on a show. It was like kind of boring. He had carrot top or somebody, but that was like a fake carrot top in the yeah. in the. Wait, that wasn't really carrot top. No, no, I don't think so. I don't it didn't think look so like him. Uh, no. Well, at first, I actually also thought I thought that Mike Tyson was really Mike Tyson. I was so like, I was like, wow, like really? wow, like, Mike Tyson's there. <laughs> really? <laughs> Joe, Joey was like, wow, Mike Tyson at the NHL All Star game. Like, that's yeah. pretty cool. It's Vegas. I don't know. That's what. Like, that's why I think anywhere. Petrangelo could have done way more, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean. Did you guys think it was funny? Joey made this point to me. You know how Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly are they like get into it? Like they don't like each other. They have their little feud. And Machine Gun Kelly's doing the NHL All-Star game that like only diehard hockey fans are watching. And Eminem's getting ready to do the Super Bowl on Sunday. Like, get out of here with this Eminem versus Machine Gun Kelly crap. Yeah. So I mean I'm so excited for that. We'll get into that later. Oh, I know. Um, it was a very interesting part of the show. I really enjoyed the breakaway challenge. You had fastest skater and hardest shot. Frank, you know, was it one of those two that besides the breakaway challenge appealed to you or what else did you enjoy from the skills competition? Um, well, there's a few things that I could go over. The first thing is I'm very surprised that Kyrie won it. 
Very, very surprised. Credit thought McCar was gonna thought McCar was gonna win it. I was that a little was disappointed. I wanted him to put on more, like a little quicker. And, it, and another interesting thing from the fastest skater was Dylan Larkin holds the record all time, but he came in second to last. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of surprising too. But one of my other favorite things from the skills competition was the NHL tw- uh, twenty one and twenty two. I thought that was fantastic. That's right up my alley. Just it was a little cheeky because like everybody got twenty one, but but it was it was a blast to watch and it was funny. Stamkos is like, I've been in Florida for fourteen seasons. I'm just cold. I want to get <laughs> yeah, out. Of yeah, yeah. And funny. we looked up the weather in Vegas that day. It was like fifty. Yeah, like get out of dude, here, Stamkos. Yeah. yeah. If it's fifty here, one? I walked to get a slice of pizza today because I found out it was forty. Get yeah, out of here with this fifties cold crap, Stamkos. Yeah. I'm ready to go for a swim here. Let's go. Yeah. Joe, um, uh, Patrice Bergeron, he did really good in the his little thing with the target aiming, didn't he? Yeah, uh, it was he. Honestly, he just proves that he's he's poised. <laughs> he's a poised athlete. <laughs> uh, he, For those who don't he, know, Bergeron came in second to last. Yeah, <laughs> I think he finished with twenty seven seconds uh, on the clock. Which, <laughs> I mean, I don't like the whole clock thing. I liked it better when they didn't have the clock and it was just the number of shots that it took. Because uh, then it kind of made going four for four a little cooler. Like you go four for four. Oh, uh, I think going four for four is harder now. It absolutely is harder now. Same. Um, but it, I think it was better when it was just a number. But uh, Sebastian Ajo did kill, as you see here. He was the only player to go four for four in this year's accuracy shooting. But um, yeah, I think Bergeron did a phenomenal job. Yeah, of course you did. I'm actually looking up our text message conversation while it was happening in real time. And I honestly think that this is one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. You could probably see it on screen a little bit. I'm not going to, I'll read it to you. Joey said, Drysidle stinks, Keller stinks, Deline stinks, Ajo stinks, Gensel stinks. This is as the guys are doing this competition. Then it gets to Bergeron, who just sucked. He did terrible. And Joey goes, What an effort. Honestly, so impressed. That right there is a fan. Nobody's a better fan of, of their team than Joey. I mean, he just doesn't admit when his guys stink. Everyone's always amazing. And honestly, I respect it. I want to get back to that. And you know what? You know what else was impressive? On the save, the save streak, which I think they kind of ruined that event. We'll talk about that real quick. They kind of ruined that event inter- by making both goalies go at the same time. Yep. Frank, I don't know if you agree or caught on to that. Mm-hmm. But before it used to be, okay, one goalie is going. And if he if he, uh, you know, made a save on that final shot, then it would go into that second round. But now you see here on the screen, you got Gibson and Demko going in years past. It was it would just be Gibson going and then he would go for a record. I don't like that. It's both goalies now because like one goalie can fuck it up for the other one. Like, I just don't like that. Yeah. Um, but Jack then Hughes when... ended ended the Atlantic. The Atlantic ended up winning, but Jack Hughes ended it. Not a big deal. Yeah. The Atlantic ended up winning. And that just seems how it goes. Like the Atlantic seems to always do really good in the skills competition. And then I've yet to see them win an all-star actual all-star, like one of these three on three things at which this has been like what the fifth year now. So maybe, maybe eventually I'll see the Atlantic win it, but they're always great in the skills competition and, and the move Bergeron put on, on the goalie that he was shooting on to end his streak was unreal. The reason that you haven't seen, or you feel like you haven't seen the Atlantic win is cause you haven't. No, I know. It's I said three, that. three, what... zero, zero, That's three, three for central and, or three three for Pacific and Metro, each, and then zero zero for Central Atlantic. Neither yeah. of those two. But I think going in, we all agreed that the two best rosters were the Atlantic and the Pacific. 
and they were the first two out. <laughs> yeah. That's why you never know. It yeah, away. It's like, I, I, I agree. And so moving into the All Star game. Oh, really quick, Joe, you yeah, happy Charles Char- Char- thing didn't get broken? Yeah, the hardest shot, and Vin, you said this, it kind of puts it in perspective, like 108.8 miles per hour. I was getting a little nervous because it seemed like everyone's first shot was shit, and then their second shot was like a 10-mile-per-hour increase. And uh, so when Victor Hedman hit 103, he hit like 101 on his first shot, I was like, fuck, if he gets that increase that everyone else has been getting, my, my record's shot. But sure as shit, it went from 101 to 103. Hedman stinks, and Char will always have the hardest shot in that. Yeah, challenge. I don't know if we'll ever see it broken. They, you, you, need a, you need a specimen of well, a Weber human. came yeah. close, though. It's not like nobody's come close since. Weber had 108.5. Yeah, but... You're telling me somebody's not going to come along that's just as strong as Weber or Char? I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. If Someone's going to come along that'll Eventually. challenge. They might not break it. Someone will come along where they're like a legit threat every year, where like the hardest shot is fun again. The hardest shot, it's not that fun right now because nobody really can get into it what Chara and Weber were able to, but yeah. someone will come along. When Hedman hit that 102, I was nervous. There'll be a record that can't be broken. Owen Power. He'll do it because he's got so much power. Just kidding. Is there anything else from the skills competition you guys wanted to touch on before we get into the actual All-Star game? I thought it was funny that Pelic, Pelic uh, shot 89.4 on his first shot. Yeah, yeah but that then, is he funny. Bumped it up. then he bumped it up. Yeah. yeah I would love he, to He learned that. something. Because you know it's like a it's a quality radar gun. You know it'll be accurate. Yeah. Like not like I, I this little janky could, stuff that I we've used in our life. Seventy at least. Maybe it's I possible. Mean, um, like no, some NHL players can't even hit hundred. I, I honestly believe that. Um, another thing, I that outdoor Frank. What did you think of the outdoor one on the on the uh, fountain? The Bellagio. Cheeky. Uh, Talk about cheeky. They had to keep hitting the pucks to turn them on, too, to light them yeah, up. Yeah, it was just killing that? time. I don't know if I did think they that's have annoying. to do that, or did someone yeah, tell them you have to do it? I think the NHL told them you had to do that. So the so the audience can see the puck, right? And Yeah, not only that, but like when you're shooting it to a further target, how do you know if it went in or into the pond? Like, did it stay in or did it not? You know what I mean? Yeah, now the pond is just littered with pucks. I was thinking Honestly, about that, too. Bergeron had the worst luck with the bounce back of the pucks, too. Like, see, the pucks just come right back to it, and that fucks you up. You got that puck coming at you in your peripherals. Oh, that, shut up. And it you sound like, like a fool. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I thought the little fountain was cool. I honestly think I would be able to hit all five of those things on the fountain and my, for, my first try. <laughs> Dude. Bergeron, the, puck, the puck's coming back to him. The puck's coming back to him. That's He's just a patient guy. Yeah, he is a patient guy. He's also nobody ever hates Bergeron. Did you ever notice that? Like everybody just enjoys Bergeron, and when he's out there, like people are just enjoying it. Like no, nobody ever has a bad thing to say about him. He he just goes out there, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, Patrice Bergeron, yay! He's my favorite Bruin. I think I could get this challenge done in under thirty seconds. I mean, but look at look like how dark it is. That's why you have to turn them on. Yeah, I but like I would love to try that. It just looks fun. Like, how do yeah, we just set something like fun. that up in someone's backyard? It does look fun, actually, and I love seeing them all out there with their jerseys. I, I do think that looks a lot of fun. Yeah, it really um, does. Another story. I, I guess I'll just say this story real quick because they said it yesterday during the broadcast. And while we're talking about Bergeron, um, Bergeron looked at this All Star appearance as uh, his family. He wanted to really, you know, make it special for his family. He's got three kids, and they're all a little older now. They're going to remember this. Um, 
Zach, Noah, and I forget the girl's name. I'm sorry. Sorry, little Bergeron. But um, I forget his daughter's name. But Noah made a friend. His his middle child, Noah, made a friend. And this was just such a cool story. Someone he's never met before, but he met him in this All-Star weekend. And his name is Carter. His dad is also an NHL All-Star. They spent a lot of time in the locker room playing shinny. And it was his first time that Noah Bergeron met this Carter. And uh, they spent a lot of time in the locker room together because it was Patrice Bergeron's teammate, Steven Stamkos' son, Carter Stamkos. And they're the same age. They they became, like, really good friends. So they said a story yesterday, like, maybe they'll be retelling that story 20 years from now when Carter Stamkos first met Noah Bergeron and they're both playing in the NHL. I just thought that was a really cool story. That would be kind of funny, actually. Yeah. I mean... They would have to go both go on to be like really good players and want to play hockey, but well, yeah, a lot has but... to go right for that to happen. But I mean, weirder things have happened before. There are pictures of the Kachuk brothers like in the Blues locker room, like when they were younger. So like you know, with Keith Kachuk. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. All Star Weekend's skills competition was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, hearing Bucci call it while I was eating chicken parm and Italian mac and cheese was certainly a delicious segment of my night while watching it. The All-Star game came the very next day. And as we mentioned before, the Metropolitan Division defeated the Central Division for their third ever championship of the All-Star game. It was an interesting couple games. The Metropolitan, they kind of handled the um, Pacific Division, I don't want to say with ease, but they had the two-goal lead, then they gave it up. Then they took it back again, thanks to Jack Hughes, giving them a 4-3 to three lead, and he was magnificent. Claude Giroux was magnificent. They ended up giving the All-Star Game MVP, Joe, to Claude Giroux, who, just like Jack Hughes, had three goals and one assist. Did Lil Jizzy get robbed? I believe he did. I thought for sure it was going to be Jack Hughes. Um, honestly, like I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what Giroux did better. I think Jack Hughes honestly had a better game so i really got no answer than yes i do believe that your little jizzy did get robbed frank yeah i thought jack hughes was gonna get the all-star mvp when i was watching the game i'm like oh this year's all-star is gonna be jack hughes but then i guess when you think about it it's 50 50 they did the same thing three goals one assist so in like after the fact and like you see the details i think the only reason they did that was because drew had two goals in the championship game and um, Hughes had one, but Hughes's one was the game-winning goal. So I guess it's a coin flip, right? Like, it could have went either way. I don't know why they ended up going with Claude Drew, but I thought for sure it would be Hughes upon, like, first glance, like, what, as I was watching it in real time. I think uh, Claude Giroux being the veteran who is probably going to – it's probably his last crowning moment in a Flyers jersey. I do think he will be traded at the deadline. Um, I, You know, I'm kind of happy for Giroux. I, I wanted Jack to win because I'm a Devils fan and I like the Devils, but I'm happy for Giroux. He deserved to win it just as much. Kyrou had five points between the two games, but they're not going to give it to one of the losing team's players. So it was interesting to see Jack Hughes is incredibly marketable. He will be back. He probably could use a car more than Claude Giroux because, yeah, Jack Hughes just signed a ticket for eight mil a year. But that doesn't kick in until next year. He's nowhere close to being rich yet. He will be rich very soon, but he's not rich right now. And Giroux has certainly made some money in his career. But, you know, Giroux gets the car. We'll see what happens with his trade deadline status and with Jack Hughes going forward. I'm happy for both of them. I 
think we're going to see Jack Hughes in the All-Star game again. A Devil has never won All-Star game MVP. So that was something that was on the minds of Devils fans as well. So, But it was a lot of fun to watch for me. Um, Frank, what was your favorite part of the All-Star game itself? Um, like I said, I really liked the breakaway challenge. Um, and I like the NHL 21 and 22. I thought it was really funny. Like I said, that they all got 21. That was probably like my favorite takeaway or story from the all-star game. Cause it's like, what are we writing this shit? Like, right, everybody's going to get 21. We're all going to go to a tiebreaker. It's going to come down to the aces page or the one card or the, whatever it was, the, the queen of hearts or something like that. Um, uh, so I just, I don't know. I, I really liked everything, but the two most important things I looked forward to was the, the blackjack and the, uh, breakaway challenge. Joe? Um, yeah, I, everything I rooted for didn't happen, so I was disappointed in terms of that, but to say the least, it was very entertaining. Um, Trevor Zegris was the highlight for me. Being an NHL player, not being an all-star technically, he was not an all-star, but being so charismatic and uh, skilled that the NHL, you know, says, screw that. We're bringing you to the skills competition, put on a show for us. And he did just that. He delivered in every single way possible. Trevor Zegers will be ever be forever known uh, to fans like outside of the Anaheim Ducks as like, okay, this guy, this is a kid who can pretty much do anything. <laughs> he is a fucking wizard with the puck. So, and maybe it'll get more people to watch, uh, watch the Ducks and watch this kid blossom. I like seeing Jack Hughes be the best player for pretty much both days. He was very marketed. Mark Messier was asked what he's looking forward to the most before the skills competition started. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing Jack Hughes play and seeing somebody that plays for my team be as talked about as he was throughout the weekend was really cool to me. I do have high hopes of him being like a top 10 NHL player. I think that's a realistic possibility. And it was on display for everybody to see publicly for the first time. Um, during the all-star competition and the New Jersey devils are visiting Chicago two Fridays from now. And I'm very excited to go see Jack in person for the first time. I've never seen Jack play in person. So yeah, it should point. be really, really cool. Hopefully he's, you know, doing fine with his COVID and gets back to the ice. They better. He gets it out of the way. Now he'll, he'll technically be immune on the 25th when we go. <laughs> yeah. And they're stopping testing for non-symptomatic people. So, Jack Hughes, if you notice, the interview after the game, no voice. So, people were speculating even before any of this actually came down that some of these players were going to go missing for a little bit. But the only thing I'll say about the All-Star weekend, I had two, two things that bugged me. The first was that Wyatt Russell didn't imitate Captain America at all. I thought we'd see more of him. I feel like he wasn't even there. He was who Trevor Zegers scored on. Yeah, I know. And uh, I miss Crosby and Ovechkin. Not having them at the All-Star game is tough. Patrick Kane even, Evgeny Malkin. like It's a new generation now. And it it's, about, it's Jack Hughes. It's Connor McDavid. It's Austin Matthews. Um, Huberto was outstanding, I thought, in the uh, game that he played. Um, Matthews was more of the disher, and Huberto's was more of the goal scorer, which you would think would be the exact opposite. But I enjoyed the weekend overall. Hope you guys did too. Yeah, I did. Jack, I feel like Connor McDavid, at least the skills competition, like was invisible. Like you, he do this fastest skater, and that's it. You don't get to really showcase. He has any no personality. Uh, he has no personality, but like, even like you don't even get to see his skill. 
in the all-star skills competition. Well, the fastest skater doesn't accurately measure the fastest skater. Exactly. It doesn't. It accurately. doesn't. It doesn't. It, and it doesn't really show your hockey skill. Yeah. Larkin came, Larkin came in second to, well, half of McDavid's skill because is because some of his speed ability and he's the fastest player who ever lived with, I would love, with I would the rather, puck on his stick. I would rather there be a challenge where you have to like stick handle through obstacles. And I honestly think Connor McDavid would excel at that better. Yeah. He stick handle so fast and effortlessly through stuff. Like he goes yeah. through defenders. Not having the relay anymore is tough. Um, I, I do miss that. That was cool to see like guys work together in the skills competition that really there was nothing that anybody needed to work together for in this one. Um, so those are my few minor complaints. Dylan Larkin, as Frankie mentioned, came in second to last and he holds the record for fastest. He had that little like crossover mishap going around the second turn and you know, something like that, that doesn't prove that Dylan Larkin is slower than like Kyrou or McDavid who came in third. I think McDavid, um, uh, I follow came in second. I think he was really fast. So it's a great skill, like fun thing, but we all know who the fastest player in the league is, and he gets even faster when the puck is on his stick somehow. So. I also think that like the way they set up this course could be different each year. The way they where they put the cones, or they're going to decide to put the net. It it's looked different from this year from previous years. Yeah. Like it doesn't always look the same, and that makes a difference when players go around the turn or whatnot. And they... I think to you know, going forward, if they want to change it up a little bit, I was kind of watching a little bit of the winter Olympics uh, the other day and I was watching uh women's snowboarding. Cause that's just what was on TV. So just passing the time and the way they do it, I think that they could integrate that in the fastest skater is that each player or athlete or whatever you want to call them gets three attempts and they take your best attempt. I feel like if they did that in the all-star game where each racer gets three laps around, just in case, like you said, the mishap with the crossover for Dylan Larkin, then like, all right, I messed up this time, but next time maybe I'll, uh, I'll have a little better time. But I guess the only problem with that be like players would start to get tired. I was going to say, like, you know how winded you are after you go around that ice. Yeah, but you let everybody go once. Yeah, I think that would work, actually. These players are taking NHL shifts, and, I mean, you get tired, but you sit down for like five minutes and you're fine. Yeah. I think that would work, especially if like you 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 mishandle a crossover or you 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 lose an edge or something, and you have to catch yourself. That's gonna ruin your entire lap. Yep. So I mean, if that happens, okay, you get two more tries to not do that. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, another reason, Frank, it seems different is in years past they need to like stay consistent with this. Is the starting point? Mm-hmm. We've seen them be at the the line, and then the whistle blows, and then they start. We've seen them get a skating start this year i believe they had three feet prior they started and then when they reached the line then the clock started so they need to have a universal starting point of how they're going to start their skate and i kind of like the way they did it this year let's see if it's like that next year absolutely very good insight i agree with you guys um next year's florida and i'm very much looking forward to it as always it was a fun weekend i what were you gonna say no, I, I, it'll be cool in Florida, but I don't know. It's just it's hard coming off of this Vegas. It seemed like the Vegas stuff was awesome, and and hearing the stories about like it made the players I think want to go. Like the players are going to want to go spend a weekend in Vegas more so than Florida. I don't know if it's going to be. I mean, if you're Vegas. a league player, an Edmonton player, and you get to go to Florida for the weekend. Yeah, but I'm saying like, in terms, of, like in terms of the incentive for the players, like. On off, on, yeah, off, off ice activity, activity in the, yeah. the Vegas fan, like 
Florida still, they have the best team in the league, arguably, and they still can't like pack that arena. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, this is a great way to showcase it to those people, though. Yeah, but I don't I'm know excited why. about it. I really am. So I will ask you guys a yay or nay question in period number two. Welcome to period two, where I know we call it shot or no shot sometimes. I wanted to change it up a little bit because I had some questions from last week that I wanted to bring over to this week because, you know, I want to hear your guys' opinion on them, maybe bounce off a couple of mine based on what you guys say when Joey ultimately gives the wrong answer. So I'm going to ask you guys yay or nay to certain questions, and you're going to reply with, as you guessed it, yay or nay. Hockey edition. Every question I have is about hockey because we will talking about we will be talking about that other sport that has a big event coming up in between our show and the next show in the third period. And I'm sure it's going to be Super. a long winded conversation. Alpine skiing. <laughs> no, I was talking about luge. Oh, uh, what's the difference between luge and bobsledding? One of them's on your back and one of them's on your tummy. Wasn't one called skeleton or is that different? Skeleton's one you like, you almost die. It's like, yeah, that's like dangerous. yeah, yeah. I don't even like watching that. <laughs> they call I, it skeleton for a reason. I know when I watch it, someone's gonna die. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I watch luge and bobsledding. I like luge though, because that's the one on your back, right? One thing I was thinking about, I was watching yeah, like they put a camera like by the guy's legs or something, and like they went the bobsledding and they're going fucking fast. Oh, like yeah. on these turns, they're literally sideways and they're like they're defying gravity because of how fast they're going. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you fucking realize you're good at this? Like, are you sledding <laughs> with the boys one day when you're little and you're just fucking zooming? Did you got good control and shit? And you're like, I want to take this to the next level. Yeah, like, how do that. you realize you're good at sledding? What about the ski one where you have to, like, run around on your skis and then just drop down and start and shooting shoot targets? Shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how do you realize you're good at that? Are you just playing, uh, are you playing events like this? Are you playing Call of Duty on a Ray one day and, like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. Hey, yeah, yeah. you don't know. I, I feel like I'd be a good curler too. I'd be out there with the broom just trying to <laughs> curling. I understand a lot of people like grew up playing curling, like it's big in Canada and it's uh, it's coming along in the U.S. We're doing terrible. We have like no. Do we have a gold medal yet? The U.S. is, is like having one of their. Worst I, I'll Olympics. be honest. I haven't really watched. No, the U.S. The is having one of their worst Olympics ever. Really? Like it's bad. And I know the Winter Olympics. I like the Winter Olympics more because I like hockey and bobsledding and uh, curling more than, like, swimming. Yeah, I actually like the Summer Olympics better now. Do you really? But the only thing I like better is hockey and, like, Stephen Kampfer's on Team USA. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I like the Winter Olympics for hockey, but the Summer Olympics have been really fun because, like, I've been really into tennis. Mm -hmm. This was the first Olympics that I've been into tennis because... When it was when it happened before, I didn't watch that much of it. So it was really interesting to see that the basketball part of it, the way they did that, they did like a three on three tournament that. So that was fun. Um, but I just look forward to the Winter Olympics for hockey, and then I'll just casually watch it. And yeah, sure, I'm the same way. Um, it's it's on, of course, from time to time. Like I don't hate it by any means at all. I like any kind of competition. You know me. If it's sports, VP's watching it. Frank, I know you're the same way. If it's sports, we're watching it, no doubt about it. But the the thing that lacks in Winter Olympics, besides any hockey player, men or women, because, Joe, I know you know a bunch of female – I probably could name more of the female team than the men's team, to be honest with you. Um, Besides the female and male hockey teams and Sean White, can you name a single Olympian in the winter? Wish I could. (laughs) But in the summer, there's a bunch. 
that you can name. Obviously, right. normally led. I know like Michael Phelps is on the older side now, but like you knew Michael Phelps, Simone Biles. So it's definitely a more loaded star power in the summer. I think Jessica Marino is a women's snowboarder. Did you bet on her? No, I was just watching her. Was, Frankie checked the was, odds. She, she was minus two bones, she, and he's no, like, no, no, no. We just had her on, and it was uh, she was from the U.S., and she had like a really bad first run. I think that's her name. It's something like Marino or whatever Marina, and she had a really she fell on her first run, but her second run she did like a double backflip, like nine hundred ten eighty. It was crazy, and she really and that second her second run actually got her into the gold medal spot because it was a gold medal contest. But then I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm not finishing this, and I don't know what happened if she ended up taking gold home or not. But there would be your one gold medal if she did. Wow. I don't know. I don't That's know. That's crazy. I feel like there are two types of people who watch the Olympics. And I'm, I'm gonna sound, it's going to sound bad because I'm laughing. There are those people who like are interested. They want their country to win. Like They're rooting for the best times. And then there's that asshole. I'm not going <laughs> to say names. <laughs> who are like, I, I want to see someone eat shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. Where do you fall? I played the fifth. Um, there's only those two types of people who watch yep. the Olympics. You're right. You're right. So here's the yay or nay portion of yay or nay. And it's going to go back to the NHL. Joseph, I'll start with you on this one for obvious reasons. Brad Marchand is having an in-person hearing for punching Tristan Jari in the face yesterday. Jari, if you watch the video, clearly says something that causes Marchand's wires to cross. He goes over there and full force sucker punches him in the face. An in-person hearing rather than a phone hearing means the suspension could be five games or more. It could also be less, but most of the time, if they know it's going to be less, they'll just do an in-person one. So I ask you, Joe, yay or nay, he deserves five games or more. Nay. Five games is a lot for punching someone. Come on. I don't it's the goalie, yeah. Our parents um, have given you less punishment for punching me in the face. I want to know. I I texted someone earlier today about this, actually, because you know, I was asked about Ooh. it. Uh uh so one of our uncles <laughs> and uh <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> and I said that um i would love to know what jari said because it's something we'll never know no but i watch i've watched brad marchand play in every single one of his games consecutively for the past decade brad marchand has not played a hockey game that i have not seen with that being said just to put into perspective here i haven't seen him get incensed like that in a very long time to where not only after he punched him in the face he was after being skated away restrained by the ref found a way to get his stick and jab Jari in the fucking mask. <laughs> like you got to be pretty incensed to do something like that. So Marshan had to have had reason. I would just love to know what Jari said to him. Yeah. And Cause I, he's just standing there doing nothing. Yeah. And you see, he punched him there. Yeah. Gets the helmet. And also what are the penguins doing? If anyone would have do that to Jeremy Swayman, Linus Allmark, Tuka Rask, especially right there. Brian Rush should be throwing his gloves off and running at Brad Marchand and trying to rip his head off. Yep. The Penguins are cowards for not doing anything to Brad Marchand in this situation. That's what I got to say about the Pittsburgh Penguins, because I know if someone did that to the guy at the other end of the ice, all five Bruins would, would want their head on a stick. That's the difference between the Penguins and the Bruins, though, because if you look at the five players that are out there for Pittsburgh, it's five skill guys. It doesn't it's matter. Gensel, Crosby, it's Gensel, Crosby, 
Rust, Latang, and Dumoulin. Who are those guys? I mean, Rust is the most likely to like do anything. The other guys are a bunch of like, you know, skill guys who don't, they're all finesse. So, you know, before we elaborate on it further, we'll get Frankie's opinion in a second. Did you see earlier in the game where Jari was trying to give, Jari was trying to give the fan the puck and Marchand came over and hit it out of the way? Now that's funny. Things could be funny. I I, I don't think Marchand should have did that. I obviously know what it's like to be a fierce competitor when someone says something to me while I'm competing. I want to rip your head off. I get where Marchand, but I mean, you can't be punching people in the head. Frank, yay or nay? Does he deserve five games or more? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, John. I'm going to go with yay. Just yes. because Marchand is, he's a repeat offender. I mean, he's been suspended, what, six times in his career, I think. It's just, there's no need, no matter if you're provoked or not, there was like seconds left in the game. Just let the time run out. Just like just get off the ice, especially taking a shot at somebody's head, which is dangerous. Like if you're going to hit them, like slap him in the chest or something with your stick or slap him in the leg if you're going to do anything, even though he shouldn't have done nothing. But don't go for the head twice. Don't punch him in the face and then give him a little nick in the face. I just, I just thought that was poor sportsmanship by Marshan. We don't know what Jari said. Um, but you gotta retaliate. You're, you're, you can't retaliate. You just gotta, you gotta bottle that up. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he should be suspended. I'm gonna try to share that video, Vin, that you're talking about right here. I don't know if, um, if audio is gonna play. I know I had issues last time I tried this, but let's see. If audio plays, we'll just be quiet. Yeah, no audio. So Jari's he gonna go give the puck to, uh, a fan, and out of nowhere, here comes Brad Marchand <laughs> says, screw you. So I, that definitely led to what happened later in the game, I would think. Something like that. Or was that, that after, was that the, after the game? What? Well, did that af- was that after the incident or before? That was way before. The incident was, was right at the end of the was, game. Yeah, it was at the end of the game. So, so why would he do that in the first place, though? Like It was in I Boston. Mean, Brad Marchand. And it was yeah, in Boston. Like, yeah, I understand, but it's like, why... I mean, that's just like a dick thing to do. Yeah, like but, um, if you had like no reason to do it. It's Marshan. It's Brad Marshan. He's <laughs> what he does. Yeah, I understand that. But um, I don't care who you are. It's like it's not the right thing to do. Before no, you go, Joe, I'm just gonna throw my. I'm in the were, middle of both of you. Were you I able to hear think... the audio on that clip real quick? No, no, no oh, audio okay, on good. that clip. I'm in the middle of both of you. <laughs> I don't think I'm. I don't think he deserves nothing like Joey probably thinks, and I don't think he deserves five like Frankie thinks. I'd give him one or two. If I was in charge of player safety, I would not have offered him an in-person. I would have did it over the phone and given him one or two. But, you know, is he a repeat offender by definition, Frank or yeah, Joe? He, he is. Was suspended this year. Oh, okay. Because um, I know, I I know I like, things go away, right? Yeah, sure. but but not all it, those it are on his away. record. Any. They yeah, go away, away after, after a certain It's time. like yeah, a speeding ticket. he was ticket. suspended three games, I think, this year. Oh, yeah. okay. That's right. I do remember that. Okay. It was so, like, for, you, can't, uh, you can't be continuously yes. doing this. Yeah, no. It was against the Canucks. It was hit on Oliver Ackman Larson. That's right. That's right. I remember um, this, but we argued this, about it on this show. This also happened. This is – and, Frank, the way Brad Marchand plays, he, he'll do anything to get in the guy's head, and, and he thinks – Oh, knocking I know. The, he licked some people. I know. Knocking the puck off of Jari's stick when he's trying to give it to a Penguins fan. And, and the best part about that, the Bees fans behind the glass went bananas <laughs> when he did that. Oh, yeah, I know. Whoever was <laughs> about to get that puck was happy they didn't. No, it was a. Jari was going to toss it to a Pens fan. Oh. And he, he whacked it off. 
And then the Bees fan sitting next to the Pens fan were fucking going bananas. So honestly, like it's just it's just funny games or it's entertainment. It's a way to get in the goalie's head. I don't know. Marchand doesn't. But and then I thought this was actually a really cool play. Um, off of a faceoff, Crosby stick breaks, and Brad Marchand. This you could argue this is interference, but this is just gamesmanship at its finest. Of um. Brad Marshan kind of not allowing Crosby to get to the stick, get to the bench, watch this. And the so best you see part a stick about breaks, and Brad Marshan boxing him out so he can't go grab a stick. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest I part think... about it, Crosby and Marshan are like S tier friends. So I mean yeah, and them yeah. two, them two and Bergeron were line mates at the World Cup of Hockey. And I, I honestly think it was the greatest line I've ever seen in any competition. I think Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand. The only way I think it could be topped is if, like, you replaced Crosby with McDavid or Bergeron with McDavid. Like, really, that's the only way I could see that line being tossed. So, yes, as soon as Brad Marchand was given a a match penalty at the end, we knew he was at minimum getting a hearing. But the fact that it's an in-person hearing means it's probably five or more. But it could also – we've seen in-persons be less than five, though. Yeah, I I would say they're going to give him three games again. Yeah. He's going to plead his case. Something. Marshall has done some pretty funny things in the past. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I just feel like this like kind of took it too far. It yeah, I was I was disappointed, especially when the game is over. It meant nothing. The Bruins were losing. Literally, there's 20 seconds. You let that run yeah. out. Get off the I was, uh, as a Bruins fan, I was very disappointed watching it. It was very, very late for me. I watched the game recorded, and um, I was very disappointed. Because now not only are they going to be without Brad Marshan when they play the Carolina Hurricanes next, they're probably going to be without Patrice Bergeron. It's, I think it's actually confirmed. He, he took a nasty, unfortunate, no ill intent on Crosby's side it was Crosby kind of got locked up with him and Patrice Bergeron went into the boards awkwardly slammed his head and he's got a deep concussion history so it's honestly a not a fun time to be a Bruins fan two of your best players are out um one of them for stupidity one of them for unfortunes so yep and I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about the Bruins on our next show when there are more games played and there's probably going to be a big bit of news that comes out in between now and then in regards to Boston Bruins goaltending. But, you know, we'll get to that another time when it becomes official. So we'll get back to yay or nay. The Metropolitan Division won the All-Star game. Yay or nay, the Stanley Cup champion has a good chance of coming from the Metro. Frank, I'll start with you. A good chance? I mean, yeah, there's a there's good a 25% chance. chance. No, there's I would... not. I don't think there's a 25% chance. I'm going to go with... I would say you have. A, I would say you think there's a good chance if there are two teams in the division that you could see winning the cup. I only see one in the central. I see. Yeah, I'll get, I'll tell you where I. So can wait, go you from think there. it's a good chance if it's if there are at least two teams that could win the cup from that division, in your opinion? Well, then. <sighs> it's a tough question. That's why it I wrote it. Tough. That's why I wrote it. It's not. Um, I'm not supposed to. Hey, do you think McDavid's a good hockey player? Yay! No, it's supposed to make you think. Yeah, I mean, then I would say yay because there is potential that there are two Stanley Cup champions you coming out who. of the Metro, um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the Rangers' year or if they could do it, but I would. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it depends I, if they make a big trade deadline. Yeah, if they traded I mean, for Patrick Kane, then yeah. The Penguins are another team that I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I would go with yay. 
Um, but I honestly don't think that Stanley Cup champion is going to come out of the Metro this year. So that's why I was kind of leaning nay. But for you saying, is there a good chance? Yeah, there's the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe the New York Rangers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Bruins. They're in no, the, the Atlantic. Bo- Bruins at Atlantic. Yeah, the yeah. Bruins are in the Atlantic. Um, the Atlantic has a better than good chance in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I would say – no, I would say it's good because I, I would say there are better – I would – yeah, good is where I'll leave it. All right, Joe? I'm going to say big nay. Big nay because only because I think there are in the other three divisions more – Cup contenders, in my opinion, than in the Metro. Well, that's where my was. Yeah, I I, like you look at some of the other divisions and you look potential Cup contenders. Obviously, both Florida teams, California or Florida and uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, You can throw the Leafs and Bruins in there uh, and argue till we're blue in the face about that. But you can't forget the Vegas Golden Knights. The my three teams from the Pacific, who I think are for sure Cup contenders, I would not be surprised one bit. Are the Vegas Golden Knights, Anaheim Ducks, and Calgary Flames are just they play such a good system of hockey under Daryl Sutter, and um, and then in the Central, the Colorado Avalanche are, in my opinion, the best team in the league. So if they win the Cup, I would be zero surprised. Not to mention the Wild Blues. I don't know if the Predators are gonna. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's a topic for. But honestly, the Carolina Hurricanes are my only team that I could see winning the Cup, and I don't even think they're gonna do it. So I'm gonna say no. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Yay, but it's, I'm kind of with Frankie. They're the only team. I think they have two cup contenders. I think Pittsburgh and um, Carolina are, but Washington could get hot. We never talk about Washington. They could get like they have Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, two good goalies. You know, Carlson's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He'll be top ten in Norris Trophy voting. So you know, Washington's up there too. The only division that I think just is nay a good chance is the t- division with the best team and that's the central I don't see anybody in the central beating Colorado and so if Colorado doesn't win the cup then I don't think the central wins the cup where like you know so I definitely think uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see the Atlantic has the best chance in my opinion, because I do believe regard me and Joey can scream at each other. I know we love screaming at each other over Atlantic division hierarchy debates, but the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay lightning, Toronto, Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins, if healthy, the Bruins are all cup contenders in my opinion. So you go from four to two to one to maybe three. I don't think it's the ducks here. I think they're a piece and they're a piece away and some experience away. The ducks, if they play in a playoff series, even against the Kings, I might pick the Ducks, but the Kings have way more playoff experience than the Ducks. The Ducks have Getzlaff and then a bunch of kids. You know, at least the Kings, with all those kids, they still have Dowdy and Quick and Kopitar. And, you know, I, I see all these teams making some trades to get some playoff experience. So the New York yeah. Rangers don't do it for me. Their young kids aren't stepping up. It's all Zabanajad, Panarin. Fox and Chesterkin are young. I'm talking forwards for the Rangers. But – you know, I, I think the say? Ducks. I, I just think the Ducks have a little more veteran experience than you think. They got Gibson, well, Shattenkirk, Shattenkirk, Cam Fowler's still there. Ricard Raquel, uh, yeah, Silverberg. you're right. You make a good point. You make. So a good I mean, point. and especially in the playoffs, if you mix like that leadership and experience with like, what if, what if Troy Terry, Sonny Milano, Zegers, Sam Steele, what if these kids just explode even yeah. more than they are in the playoffs? Like, you're right. That's why I consider them a cup contender. And then in the central. Yeah, you make a good point about those teams, the other teams that are good having to go through Colorado. But I mean, 
Would you be surprised if the Wild get really, you know, the Wild are the only one the besides wild. Colorado? Uh, I like I like the Blues too. The Blues can get hot. I don't like Bennington anymore. I don't. I think he, I think he can get good in the get hot in the playoffs, and then he I think could hundred percent. I don't know. I think they get especially with this kid Cairo. I mean, is there going to be a team that makes the playoffs that has just zero percent chance in your brain? Yes. Because the Preds have Soros. <laughs> Was that going to be the team you said? No, um, yeah, I don't see the Preds winning the cup. I don't see the. But Kings like I'm saying, the if, if they, they did, it. if they did, there's there's something you can point to on every team in the playoffs that you can say, if this happens with this team, they can win the cup. The Leafs won't win the Sar- cup. See, that's just crazy. The Leafs won't win a playoff series if the top four in that team do what they do. They can win the cup. There's something on every team that makes the playoffs where you can point to and say, if this happens for them, they can do it. That you know, so that that's true. I'm talking like the true, you know, just have everybody humming. Then they have the ch- chance to win the cup. That's the Colorados, the Vegases, the Tampa Bay's. You guys know what I mean too. If Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares all have the best 20 games of their careers at the same time in April, they can win the cup, and you know it. But they haven't done that yet, so nobody actually believes it till they see it, and I completely understand why. I've never once argued that you guys are dumb for thinking that. I just do think there's going to be one year where they make a deep run. They might not win the cup, but I, I think they win a playoff series in the Matthews era. Jesus, I hope so. That, that foursome I mean, will get dismembered, and it'll just be John Tavares and his fucking PJs. Before <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Well, another team Joey brought up, the Calgary Flames. Jonathan Ice Hockey has 54 points in – 42 games played this season. He is a top 10 NHL goal scorer. Everybody else in the top 10 has a partner from their team with them, except for Jonathan Huberdeau. And Barkov has missed significant time. Oh, and Kaprizov. Uh, so I ask you, yay or nay, Johnny Hockey has a chance to win the Hart Trophy. Joe, I'll start with you on this one. Um... That's actually a good one. I'll, I'll say yay. I think he'll definitely get votes. And you, you need votes to have a chance. I just think there are other players who will outvote him or get outvoted or whatever, however you want to word that. Um, so I don't think he'll win it. But to say he has a chance, yes, 100%. Frank? Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with Joey here because you say you don't have a chance. It's not true entirely. But I don't think he's winning it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. like. No, I I actually would honestly be shocked if he won it, um, just because there's so many other players who will be more likely to win it over him. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, what am I going nay right? Well, yeah, you, or, but see, I agree with that. But I mean, if you get votes, that means you you had a chance. That's the only yeah, reason I, mean, I say nay, I say well, yeah. yay because he is the most valuable player to his team. I believe that. I That's think, the criteria for the heart trophy. Yeah. yeah. So, but I just think there are other players who are even more valuable to their team. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's other players that are more valuable to their team who are on better teams than the Calgary Flames. That's why I just, I just don't see it. I'm gonna go with Nay because I would, I would be shocked. Right. I would say the percentage is like, you're gonna call me crazy, probably less than like five percent that he won. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's really low. So I'm gonna go with Nay. Um, I think he's in the same position Taylor Hall was in 2018. Lots of people would have said nay in January or February, and then he ended up winning it. 
And yes, the 25 game point streak really helped that he had from January to March. That that like really helped in 2018. Taylor Hall has been sick. Taylor Hall has been sick. Um, <laughs> I if I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a vote for the Hart Trophy, but I would love nothing more. The Hart Trophy is voted for by like senior NHL writers for a very across various platforms: the Athletic, ESPN. If Fanside had ever got a vote, because we have a vote for uh, the Cy Young. We have a vote for uh, American League MVP, I believe. We have votes. Like some of our writers have votes. It's my dream to vote for the Hart Trophy, and I, I, I really want to make that dream come true. I really, truly do. And if I had a vote for the Hart Trophy this year, my top three right now in order would be Huberdeau, Kaprizov, Goudreau. So I'm going hard, yay, because I would vote for him. So that that's kind of where I'm at. Those would be my top three. Um, so, yes, I'm a hard yay on Johnny Goudreau's chances to win the Hart Trophy. Last one. Two nights ago, I guess you could say one night ago, depending on how you view time zones, Canada versus USA, women's hockey in the Olympics, was an outstanding game. It was 3-2 to two Canada. But then Marie-Philippe Poulain, who is the greatest women's hockey player of all time, had a penalty shot awarded to her, and she scored. And she came in with a lot of speed, something non-traditionally seen with men's ice hockey players. I, I kind of like the approach. Like, hey, go in as fast as you can and just rip one, and you have a pretty good chance to score. And she did. Canada hangs on 4-2. to two. USA severely outplays them, and their new goaltender, Canada, um, steals the show and takes the win. Barring a major, major upset, these two will meet again in the gold medal game. It's not like men's where Slovakia could throw a wrench in there. So the Swiss, Russia, uh, Sweden, Finland, those countries all throw a wrench in the mix. That's not the case in women's. Barring a major upset, they will meet again in the gold medal game. So I ask you, starting with Frank, yay or nay, if they play in the gold medal game, you will watch it live regardless of what time it is. I'll say yay. I was I was looking to watch it the other night. I believe it was on the USA Network, and that was just a, that was just a prelim game, and I was yep. getting excited for it. Me too. I watched um, the whole, I watched the whole second half of the game. Fun fact: You know what the over under on that game was? Um, and I guess it was. High. Uh, I'm gonna guess it was eight and a half. Vin, I'm gonna say just high. I don't know. Four and a half. Oh, it was oh, low. Oh, what? It was low. It Holy was shnikes. Four and a half. Just because Canada, I've been keeping track of the women's uh, hockey Olympics. So have I. Canada beat i don't know the teams they beat off the top of my head i know they beat like sweden like 12 to 1 uh maybe finland 11 to 1 something yeah, like it that. was finland we beat the but, swiss eight to nothing and then they played um russia the russian olympic committee and they beat them six to one and then usa got they won a game like eight oh another game five to two or whatnot so they were both playing good defensively i didn't see it going under four and a half by any means but that that getting off topic. something's going off someone's butt or face yeah. mask into I mean, the net like in, in a hockey game that's just yeah. like super low yeah, i just thought it was ridiculous i've never seen an over under in a hockey game that low but that's besides the point i'm getting off topic but yeah i would absolutely watch that game because i enjoy watching like women's hockey i think it's entertaining and these are two powerhouses these are the two cream of the crops of the women's hockey teams it doesn't get much better than this they're always going at it they're always dominating um, no matter who they're playing, what era it's a part of, I cannot wait to see these two teams go at it in a gold medal game, and I will want to watch it. Joe? 
Yeah, I want to say yay. My problem is I never know when any of this shit. I need like one of you guys to help me out. I don't know when it's going on. I had no idea. Look on your betting app. I had no idea that game was going on. ESPN. ESPN, your betting app, there are a thousand places you can look. You're right. That requires me to do something. But it's easier if one of y'all just tell me. Um, (laughs) I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Then when you sent me a you sent me a snap of you watching it, and uh, I had no idea it was the end of the game. I had no idea that that was going on. Otherwise, I probably would have been tuned in. But instead, I was watching the Book of Boba Fett chapter six for the third time. (laughs) That's just outstanding TV, Frank. You haven't watched yet? No. What? I just watched the season finale uh, right before I went live. That's awesome. You know who's on Team USA? Uh, you know Comfer on Colorado? His, yeah. sis, his sister, Jesse is oh. on Team USA, number 18. So that's always, you know, cool to see when some of these girls who, you know, we know through the NHL and, you know, I think the NHL does a great job of promoting this stuff. I can't wait to watch them. The men start today. No, I thought they start last night. Tomorrow, oh, maybe maybe they did last night. I know now. Now that the All Star Game is over, because like the NHL was going to do the All Star Game and the Olympics, and obviously the All Star Game would have been before. So I think the men are they either started yesterday or about maybe Team USA starts today. Here, I'll I'll get an official word on that because I was looking at uh, the Winter Olympic hockey games and I saw like I don't know if it was Sweden or Switzerland or somebody was playing somebody. And I, w- I went to go look at, like, their past games, and it said, like, their past games, they didn't have any past games played. So then I just assumed that was the men's because the women's were underway already getting through the group uh, planes or whatever. So I'm pretty sure the men started last night. But 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Is when they start. Yep. So who played last night? It was, like, Sweden, and I don't think it was women's. I don't know, but I have the men's schedule for USA right here, all on USA Network. Interesting. So well, somebody, some hockey was playing last night and I don't think it was women's because they didn't give any like past history on their team games. So I was confused. I'm yeah. like, Oh, it must be the men's. Interesting. Well, there you have it. I will send you guys the schedule so you can keep track with it. We'll, we'll discuss men's and women's Olympic hockey on this show next week. I can promise you that much. Is there any notable like men on the USA team? I will read off the roster to you in a minute. Hold over the time for me while you're there. Because <laughs> Joey and me and Frankie just look at each other and smile. Joey and Frankie have absolutely nothing to say unless what do you I'm want to leading... talk about. What do you want I want to know about? what uh, Bev you're on. Is this like three or four? I have final sip on this guy. Oh, you that took a while. You're usually you're on like three by now. Took a while. That's actually the last one. I only have these two. He's gonna. I'm all out. No, I go. I during, peed uh, right before during breaking that. <laughs> Gatorade me, bitch. I wish I had someone to bring me a Gatorade. I had um, I, I made sure I took a pee right before, and it's already kind of starting to hit me. So you know, I was craving a Gatorade earlier, the the other day when I told you I went. Yeah, to I, I know. Oh, it was uh, so good. I know your favorite flavor of Gatorade. Yeah. Four Team USA. We we don't care anymore. Me and Frank are talking. Yeah. On, on defense, road. Drew Hellison, David Warsawski. Oh, Nick Purvis, first, first NHL goal versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jake Sanderson, who was drafted fifth overall by the Ottawa Senators in 2020. Brock Faber, Stephen Kampfer, Brian Cooper, Alex Ness. At forward, Maddie Beniers, Seattle Kraken second overall pick in 2021. Kenny Agostino, 
Oh, uh, one of That's one of Bruins. But hey, Kenny Agostino holds a special place in this podcast, sir, because he's one of what ten players since we've been watching hockey that played for both the Devils and Bruins. We love those guys. If you play for the Devils and Bruins, you hold a special place on this podcast's heart. And then, of course, following Kenny Agostino, Sam Henches, Nathan Smith, Nick Abruzzi, Brandon Bryson, Brian O'Neill, Brian Cooper. No, Brian Cooper's a defenseman. I said him already. Mark McLaughlin, Sean Farrell, Noah Cates, Nick Shore. We know Nick Shore. Uh, ben Myers, Andy Mile, and Matt Matt Nyes, and Justin Abdelkader. Oh, Goaltending. Wow. I knew you guys would give me an offer, uh, Justin Abdelkader. Right. Goaltenders, Drew Camesso, Blackhawks' number one goalie prospect. Oh, yeah. Strassman, Pat Nagel. So Camesso is going to be the starter there. So like, make sure you're like tuning in to Team six, USA, men and women. Guys I, yeah, five or six guys that I like watched. Yeah, in my day. Oh, Kenny Agostino when he when he came to the Devils, <laughs> I was like a little excited for a minute there. But you know, and it, I can't wait to see Camesso play. Work out. Yeah, Camesso sick. He was going to play for the World Juniors. He was going to play for the World Juniors, but you know that ended up not happening thanks to mm-hmm. that asshole we know as COVID. Um, hockey fans of the NHL might know. Uh, more players on Russia, Finland, and Sweden based on like the KHL. You guys going to play over there and you know, I don't know that's who playing anymore, probably not. Do you uh, do you have any more yay or nays? No. Oh. You like the games. I I'm, I appreciate that you guys like the games. I kept well, I, I kept the game had, you only had like four. Well, I kept I always only have like five four or five, but I kept tried to keep the games a little short right, this Frank, week. He's gotta come up. 15. No, I think he's got to come up with one on the spot. No, but we have prop bets. <laughs> you know, we have prop bets in the Super Sunday portion of our show. So I, I like wanted to keep that part short because basically, period three, which we're going to get to in a couple seconds here, is basically one big game. Think about it, and with that, we'll let you find out for yourself. <laughs> in period number three, I want to know what Frankie's. La- we ain't going anywhere until I find out what Frankie's laughing at. No, I just it. Nothing really, just the way you look. I was because you you made a comment. No, Boy, you, you made, ugly. No, no, no. Boy, you, you made a ugly. comment, and then Vinny's like, "No, no, I was saving that." And then you got all sad, and it made me laugh. So all just right. the, your your emotion. Made all right, me. Well, I'm sending it over to period three. Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> Welcome to period three, bitch. Where we're talking Super Sunday. It's Super Week. It's one of the greatest weeks in American culture. You know, Max Kellerman, our friend, Mr. Cliff, wrong as fuck about Tom Brady. We know Max Kellerman, complete moron. Tom Brady has had a Hall of Fame career since the Cliff prediction. If you only take the part of Tom Brady's career from the Cliff prediction to right now, He'd be in the Hall of Fame just based on that alone. So, Max Kellerman, we all still think you're a clown, even though you apologize. He said that the Super Bowl is the last thing in American culture that we all galvanize together to watch. And when he says we all, he means like everyone you know. Like, we get together, we watch the World Series, the Stanley Cup Final. I know we watch WrestleMania with each other year after year. But we like those things. We like WrestleMania. I like WrestleMania. I'm not even a wrestling fan. But, like, I like sports. Right, so I watch for a good mania. Yeah, no, oh, I can't yeah, wait absolutely. for mania. Mania, I cannot wait yeah. for mania. We'll watch it. Well, we'll, we'll watch, watch it. it. We'll have snacks. Sure. No, yeah. yeah. But like not yeah. everybody gets together for mania, though. Your mom don't give a crap about mania. My mom don't give a shit about mania. They're all watching the Super Bowl, though. 
Yeah, I can guarantee. True. And so Keller, Kellerman says that the Super Bowl is the last event like that in the world that we have that everybody watches, no matter if you like it or not. And so I don't know if I fully agree with it. Because well, I, I think if, if Biden went on the TV tomorrow and gave a State of the Union address, I think 90% of people you know would tune in, at least for a little bit. Um, Joe, but, you probably would be one of the few that like wouldn't because you don't give a shit. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know what's going on. I live Joey, in well, Biden. Yeah, Joey goes, who's that? <laughs> I Isn't a, George I Bush the, still the president? But, I, um, ask, I saw the name of the vice president. I had to ask someone who, who is this person. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's like, I, Joey, 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 Joey's once, once very out said, of tune. Once they said it's the vice president, I'm like, oh, yeah, that rings a bell. But anyway, yeah. about the But Super if Kamala Bowl, Harris played for the Boston Bruins, Joe would be like, oh, Kamala, I, I would know her cool. first NHL. Joe would she was born in 56. Her favorite <laughs> animal is a tiger. Um, about the Super Bowl, Vin, I was at work, and I asked, you know, I'm trying to make conversation. I hate sitting in silence. I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't sit in silence well. Like, hey, what's the fun if we're just going to sit here? Maybe it's just talk. the way like, we were raised. Like, I, I like music playing. Now, sometimes I'll throw headphones in and listen to music. But anyway, I was I don't know these people too much. You know, I'm, I'm floating around. And I asked this person, you know, you got any fun plans for Super Bowl Sunday? You know, assuming like what you just said, everyone fucking watches the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't watch the Super Bowl. Um, and they're like, no, I'm really not into football. Uh and I'm like, well, you're going to watch it like at home or something. And they're like, no, I'm not going to watch it. And I was like, and I'm thinking to myself, I, this conversation is going fucking nowhere. I went, I went and I left that conversation. I went in the kitchen and fucking put music on. Okay. So there, there when I say everyone, yeah. when you say everyone, you don't mean literally everyone. No, but it is, it is, I would say 90% of 90% of people, people. I mean, didn't we break a record last year? Like it was the most watched Super Bowl in years. Or like people love football, and I think there's more than just the football. There's halftime. There's commercials. There's announcements. There's five hours of pregame, and guess who's going to be watching all five hours of that pregame? Me. Can't I want? I want a breakdown of every single position if I could. Like I just I take it all in. Not everyone's quite like me, but everyone is for the most part. People who are into culture are excited for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm tr- and we, they were trying on, I was listening to ESPN 1000. They were trying to list off some other events that some people, like um, at least a majority of people tune into. I think a fair amount of people watch football on Thanksgiving. Well, that, I think that's, uh, there's always the family member who, who was in, interested and it's just on. But that's the same thing with the Super Bowl. No, Super Bowl, I agree with Skylar here. People who don't care are still going to go out of their way to go to a Super Bowl party. Yes. Someone's not going. It's not like they're not going to show up to Thanksgiving because the the football is going to be on. They're just there and football's on. But people who don't give a shit about football will get in their car and go to a party specifically for football. Okay, so what else in the world is like that? The Grammys used to be, and so did the Oscars, but nobody cares anymore. Like everything's recorded now too, and every like big TV show event, like Game of Thrones. You watched Game of Thrones when all the snacks were finished and everybody was ready to click play. Like, it wasn't like 20 years ago when, like, the new episode of this debuted and you had to be in front of the TV at 8 o'clock or you were going to miss it. Uh, The election coverage. But the thing about election coverage in 2022, and I, I think Kellerman's point was that years ago we would all get together for certain things and now we don't anymore except for the Super Bowl election coverage there are websites out there that get you better information on the results of the voting a lot quicker than the news outlets and then of course the news outlets 
Fox wants to make things look in favor of the red. CNN wants to make things look in favor of the blue. They're, but now, if you want the more accurate information that's unbiased and you care more about that stuff, you go find the sites and you look at the numbers that way. Nobody cares if there's you know, any of these award shows anymore. Even the political stuff is so divisive. Nobody wants to be a part. The Super Bowl and none of the other sports have a championship where there's just one game. Frank, are we getting together for all seven games of the NBA final? No. I, mean, I would. I, I, okay, I would. But like, okay, me and you are different. We're weirdos. But like, would you have a party for all seven games of the yeah. Stanley Cup final? No. But if it went to game seven... You, you might quickly try and rally as many people as you can and, in the two and days. You, and you make a good point because we watched when the Bucks won the championship here. Remember that? Yes. We and didn't watch we, every game and, leading up to it, but we watched the game. They exactly. Because exactly. Like, you went to the fifth, sixth, seventh game, then you're like, oh, you want to come? The Maybe trophy's in the building. Yeah, yeah, the trophy's in the building. Someone could clinch it tonight. Yeah. But like game, game one of the World Series, the All-Star game, in baseball, maybe. I love the MLB All-Star game. It's the best All-Star game by far. The Pro Bowl stinks. The NHL's fun because of the skills competition. The NBA All-Star game's going to end like 215 to 216. Like, eh, I'm indifferent on it because, you know, I don't know. I, I like NBA basketball, but the All-Star game stinks. Same thing with football. Baseball All-Star game, but it's also a Tuesday. So, like, we throw in a banger on a Tuesday night. I don't know. I kind of agree with that whole thing. Frank, wasn't I with you when in 2014 when the Spurs won the finals? I believe you were. I believe we were watching think, it in the family room. I'm pretty sure, right? I, I don't know. I thought Where we were by Dylan, Dylan, our buddy Dylan. Yes. Were you I there? Yes. I, I want to say you were there, yeah. Although, although I, I don't we think... watched the Spurs win a championship here. I thought the Spurs lost. Or no, the Spurs... The Spurs beat the cat, the Heat. I know I was LeBron. watching because I like the Spurs. It was know, LeBron, yeah, it was uh, Ray Allen hit the three, but they still lost. Maybe we were watching the Cavs one here. We were watching an NBA championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Vin, you and I have seen the presentation of the Stanley Cup together every single. Every single I don't year. think that'll ever change. Yeah, like, like wow. last last year, I was somewhere else, and I, I was like, "Oh shit, the Lightning are going to win the cup," so I came home. <laughs> yeah, it has to be me and you together in the room when the Stanley cup is presented. Yeah. That just has to be the case. So, and it's hard in the world. It could happen in a game five. Could happen yeah. in a game six. Yeah, that's true. I do remember that last year. You like quickly came home when the lightning were looking like they were really yeah, going to be the, the second intermission. I was like, they're not going to come back. <laughs> yeah. So let's and, uh... and another point, Vin, that you make about the Super Bowl. Um, I want to say this so I don't forget it because it, it is so true. And I, I just want to make this point and you're going to agree with me. No matter, you could be a, you could hate football. You don't have to watch football, but no matter what, you will always know the outcome of the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. You, you'll either hear it from somebody. You'll see it online. You'll be curious and be like, I don't care, but I want to know who won. You'll always know the outcome of the Super Bowl. The day, the Monday after Super Bowl, you could ask somebody who won the Super Bowl. I guarantee you they give you the right answer. Nobody's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I guarantee you there might not be a person you could ask where they'd be like, I don't know. So I ask you, Frank, what's the best super snack? This was tough. I, I wrote down four. Oh, you, you fucking like looked up and or you wrote down stuff? I didn't. I wrote down stuff because I didn't want to like what what wait I missed it. What did you say? I was reading Skylar's comment. Who me or Joey? Frankie. He didn't say I anything. Said, I said it's tough. It's a tough one. I I have four. I wrote down four 
things because I didn't want to like forget any of them. Listen, there's no number. There's no limitation to super snacks. Okay, but when you, you say you want best, four, you want four super snacks. Number one. All right, say you're four, and then maybe we could discuss out the best. Maybe I can help two, influence you. Two kind of go together. So I'll this is where I with, get interested. Here, I'll start off with. Always like snacks. I'll start off with Doritos. <laughs> I love Doritos as they are, and especially on Super Bowl. But not only Doritos, but any chip. I want to be watching the game and just have a chip, just watching a couple chips. It's a perfect Super Bowl snap snack, which also goes along with dips. I'm a big dip guy, huge dip guy. Super Bowl is your time to test, test out uh, Fiesta dip, French onion dip, bacon dip, uh, buffalo dip, any kind of dip you got if you had a Super Bowl party. Also, pizza. I don't even have no fucking options left. <laughs> and, and pizza and wings, too. You done? You, you left me with you left me like potato skin. Vinny said I could say four. <laughs> I came up with four. All right, Frank, gun to head. You get one. Pick one. I would say I want a slice of pizza. All right, on Super slice Bowl. Slice of pizza, Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Pizza plays. They call football pizza for a reason. Football pizza. I, we got Vinny's favorite dip right here, as Scott points out. Um, for me, it's going to be, and it's not. I haven't done that. I haven't done that in years. For the record, it's not even necessarily my favorite anymore, just because I've had it, you know, so many times in my life. It's just, and everyone makes it differently. But it's, it's like grass at the. It's like turf at the football. <laughs> it is. You're not going to a party and there's not some kind of buffalo dip. <laughs> and Vinny knew exactly what I was going to say. We've had it so much in our day. Um, but to me, like that is the best Super Bowl snack because there's always going to be some kind of buffalo dip with Tostitos. You dip them in, Tostitos scoops, whatever you want to dabble in. But my personal favorite is Wheat Thins. Wheat Thins and Buffalo like Dip. Yeah, Wheat Thins and Buffalo perfect. Dip is awesome. Shout out Jeremy yep. for that invention. Wheat yeah, so underrated. My favorite and the best, I guess, if we're, we're classifying it as you have written down the best Super Bowl snack, it's got to be Buffalo Dip for me. All right, yeah. See, you both said my two favorite: I Buffalo Dip and Buffalo Wings. You know, I like Buffalo. If the Buffalo Bills make it to the Super Bowl with Josh Allen in the next five years, I will not put anything in my mouth to eat. If there's not some sort of Buffalo association to it, I want the Bills to make the Super Bowl so bad one year. And you know what's going to happen? It's a good point. The Skylar. year to, oh, Taco I plan dip. on, yeah, plan on oh, making yeah. like Taco oh, dip yeah. oh yeah, love Taco Dip. No wrinkle, putting raw onions in it. It adds a little crunch. So I really enjoy all things Buffalo. I have a feeling my luck is I really want to root for the Bills in the Super Bowl one year. They'll play the Bears. <laughs> like it'll be the year it'll be the year Justin Fields figures it out and like they'll take they'll beat Green Bay in the NFC championship or San Francisco or something. And then who's their opponent in the Super Bowl? The team that I've wanted to see win the Super Bowl for 20 years, the Buffalo Bills. You know, I like the Bills a lot. They're a top five team of mine. I would say now that Tom's out of Tampa, they're like affirmatively in my top five. So it's funny, nobody cares about Tampa anymore. <laughs> um so yeah, I would go with the wing. Yeah, exactly, the wings and buffalo. So you know, uh, guys, I have another one for you. What is your all-time favorite Super Bowl memory, Frank? I will start with you. Um, well, you know, I root for the Pittsburgh Steelers and I root for the the Chicago Bears. They're my two teams. 
I got my NFC team and I got my AFC team. Um, and I, when I think of Super Bowl, it's crazy. I watched, I've watched every Super Bowl from, I don't know, as long as I could remember, so that I could physically remember. But there's one game that sticks out for me that I, for some reason I'll never forget. And maybe it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl this year. It was Super Bowl 43 when the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Arizona Cardinals. And the Pittsburgh Steelers won uh, 27 to 23. It was back in 2009. And, you know, my dad's a big Steelers fan. And, I, and how much I like the Steelers. We had our terrible tower. We, we were down here watching it on that TV. There was a couch here. I'll never forget it. Terrible tower. We were screaming and yelling. We were so happy. It was just a great moment. And the way the Steelers have been lately and Big Ben leaving. And I don't know when I'll get another opportunity to watch the Steelers win a championship with my dad. You know, it might not happen. They got the roster for it, but you don't, you never know. I mean, quarterback. It, or yeah, they need a quarterback. But if they don't get that figured out, that's something I may, may never be able to experience a, this moment again. It was absolutely electric, down to the wire. So yeah, I, it, it it's something like, and I was so happy because I liked the Steelers too. So so this moment, it's something I'll never forget. I, I this is my favorite Super Bowl moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody will ever forget Big Ben making that miraculous throw for the miraculous catch with 35 seconds left to take the lead over the Cardinals, who were 30 seconds away from winning the Super Bowl themselves. It was such a great Super Bowl that it got a Madden cover. I mean, the Madden 10 cover was Larry Fitzgerald going up against Troy Polamalu face-to-face, and it's like two guys on the same Madden cover. Well, it's because the Super Bowl was so great. So that's actually a fantastic pick. Joe, you're up. Um, Yeah, Frank, that's actually a phenomenal answer. It's going to be hard for us to top that because obviously you had that moment with your dad, um, and that's just incredible. Uh, For me, it's we kind of talked about it last week, but it'll forever be my favorite Super Bowl because of the – were the disappointment for majority of the game the patriots were losing to the atlanta falcons the score is 28 to 3 what is going on and then tom brady you know does what he always does and makes this miraculous unthinkable comeback to beat the atlanta falcons and what was in my in my opinion the best finish to a super bowl like like i think it was pretty quick to pull up the the video because he probably knew what I was going to say. That 28 to three comeback will live forever for me. Tom Brady, it was my favorite Super Bowl of his, and it's going to be hard to ever break that one. Um, I think the soup, the greatest Super Bowl game ever played in terms of entertainment was the one that came two years prior to this. And that's when the Seahawks thought it would be a good idea to pass on the goal line instead of give it to the best running back in the NFL. And that allowed Tom Brady to win Super Bowl number five at the time. But that's not my favorite Super Bowl memory. My favorite Super Bowl memory actually was last year. And last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the first ever team to play in the Super Bowl at home. And I cherish the Tom Brady moments that I have with Joey. Obviously, there's the Falcons one, the Seahawks one, the NFC or the AFC championship game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's really like where the are you worried thing started. You know, do you remember the AFC Championship game against the um, the Jaguars? That's when I was mm-hmm. asking, "Are you worried a thousand? That, that's where it started. And then you kept asking again during that Falcons game. Yeah, um, and then I think it happened many other times where it was like, "Are you worried?" You know, I think I even started the Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl with it, but doing it with the Bucks was just a little bit different because it really, in my opinion, 
is it Belichick or is it Brady is the greatest debate in the history of American team sport. I truly believe that because there are people on both sides. Tom Brady went, he left the Patriots and they went seven and nine and he went to Tampa Bay who was seven and nine themselves the year before. And he magically brought them to a Super Bowl victory. I think it is the greatest achievement of his career. And he proved that no matter where he went, he was able to win. He almost won it. I mean, who knows what happens if they beat the Rams this year? I mean, the Rams are in the Super Bowl because they beat the 49ers. The Bucs probably would have beaten the 49ers if they would have not allowed Cooper Cup to get that game at the end. So to me, Tom Brady, he was the greatest in my brain before um, last year's Super Bowl. But I think last year, if you argue, if you argue it after last year, you just hate Tom Brady to the point of no return. And he could have won a thousand straight Super Bowls and you would have never said it. So Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback who ever lived. He proved it to me the most in the last year's Super Bowl. Was that 45? Super Bowl 45? 55. Or 55, I mean, sorry. Yeah, 55. Um, so that that's where I'm at with that. Those are that's my favorite Super Bowl of all time. Very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um who's your favorite player on each team? Frank, you first. Well, for the Cincinnati Bengals, it's got to be Joe Burrow, just because I've watched him go through college. I've I gotten to see his, his play well before the NFL. So watching him adapt through his junior year, right? He, he was a full senior. He went all four, right? I don't believe he went all four. He transferred from Ohio was State he? to – he transferred from Ohio State to LSU. Oh, okay. So, But regardless, he played for four years in college is what I'm saying, right? I don't think so. Oh no! How many no. years did he play? I think it was just the the three needed to advance to the NFL. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, I've gotten to see him play at um, in college. Then seeing him progress to the NFL, he's just an absolute stud. There's just some swagger that this kid has, um, even off the field. So I, I love Joe Burrow. So that's my pick for the Bengals, and um, for the Rams, it would have to be Cooper Cup because this guy. I don't know what they feed this guy the way he catches the ball. And like, like you said, you mentioned a couple weeks ago or last week yards after catch. I mean, this guy is just, he just makes plays that are just so athletically like you would think impossible, but he's just, he's a great player. And I wish he was on my favorite team. Joe. Frank, I'll feed off of you here with Cooper cup uh, as my favorite player for the Rams as well. Cause I mean, even though it was, he was kind of the reason he was the dagger to my the pretty much Tom Brady ending. Uh, I was. Um, I mean, look at them go. Yeah, I was. I was mesmerized. <laughs> this guy is a game changer. They got him, you know, receiving punts, I believe, uh, uh-huh. and he could be a game changer in this year's Super Bowl. So you you can't not like a guy like that. And I'm a huge sucker for wide receivers. I love a good wide receiver, which will transition into my favorite Bengal. Which I had a feeling you guys. I think Vinny's going to say Joe Burrow as well. I don't know. Um, Joe Burrow's awesome. I'm starting to really become a fan of his, but I love the one-two punch with Jamar Chase. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I have a bad habit, bad or good, depends how you look at it, of becoming fans of players once they're on my fantasy team and kind of continuing to be fans of these players, even years past. So like, it's like them becoming on my fantasy team will get them inducted into my fandom. And then then afterwards, I'm just a fan forever. And I feel like that's what happened with Jamar Chase because I took him 
I had a little insight. I didn't like we all know on this show, I don't really watch much college football, but I had a little insight from our buddy. Shout out you, Jeremy. I know you're not watching, but um, (laughs) uh, he told me that, you know, they played together at LSU and this kid's going to be awesome with Joe Burrow full season. And sure as shit, he was. And he he's quickly became my favorite player on the Bengals. So I'm excited to see him on the big stage. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase, I got to see him in person. I bring up the SEC title game a lot that I went to between LSU and Georgia because, man, it just brings a smile to my face thinking about that day. But the quarterback in that game as well was Joe Burrow, and he is my favorite player on the Cincinnati Bengals. He wears number nine. That's my number. I believe he's a top-five quarterback now that Tom is retired. I had him at six before Tom retired. So I think he's a very good player. He's going to, you know – elevate his game even more many pro bowls many deep playoff runs are in his future i'm not going to say many super bowls are in his future because he's in one now and you never know when the next time he'll be back is but of course you would think that there's going to be other opportunities in his career as well so looking forward to see what the future holds for mr burrow as far as the rams in my lifetime i struggle to think of a defensive player jj watt maybe jj watt khalil mack all really good players in their time, now we're seeing T.J. Watt, but Aaron Donald might be the best non-quarterback in the NFL, and he just creates complete destruction. And watching him play kind of like reminds me of, you know, what the Chicago Bears should be or should get from some of their guys, and they do from time to time. But he's my favorite player on the Rams. He's a great player. He's extremely fun to watch, and I'm excited to see Donald and Burrow go head to head this upcoming Sunday. And that, I mean, Donald is just, like you said, he's a tank. And Joe Burrow is prone to getting sacked a lot. We've seen that. So it'll be interesting to see how Joe Burrow reacts to Aaron Donald and the defense of the Rams. Yep. The Rams and the Bengals each have, yeah, it went away, right? Um, The Rams and the Bengals each have completely different strategies to being here in the Super Bowl. The uh, Bengals were four and twelve, I want to say, in 2020, and they landed the first overall pick in 2020, which in which they drafted Joe Burrow with the first overall pick, and then he got hurt a little bit into last season, so they had another top ten pick in which they selected Jamar Chase, and we saw how drafting and developing has been a key for the Bengals over the last two to three years. And the defense has slowly but surely progressed and developed and gotten better. And then you got a team like the Rams, who traded a thousand draft picks to have the number one overall pick in 2016. And they selected Jared Goff, who was an okay quarterback for them, but he was also like kind of bad. But they still managed to get to the Super Bowl with him. But, you know, it was kind of in spite of him. And really, Aaron Donald, they drafted. That was nice. But they traded for Leonard Floyd. Or I can't remember if they traded for him or signed him in free agency. They traded for Von Miller. They traded for Odell Beckham Jr. They kind of like pushed all their chips in. And when they finally realized Jared Goff's not winning us the Super Bowl, they traded more draft capital for Matthew Stafford. And they kind of built a football salary cap version of a super team. And they have elite players at every position they have cooper cup in place odell beckham jr and a lot of it is through great trading decisions and basically pushing all their chips in they're probably going to be pretty bad like five years from now and that's going to cause you know 
it's going to be hard to rebuild right away because of how little draft capital they have over the next three or four drafts. And they pushed it all in for this season with Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. and Matthew Stafford. So I ask you guys, Joe, I'll start with you on this one. Which way of team building do you prefer? The drafting and developing of the Cincinnati Bengals or the the poker Texas Hold'em push all your chips in uh, theory of the Los Angeles Rams? Definitely the drafting and developing way of the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the idea of getting a quarterback young right out of college, someone who's you know succeeded in college especially. Not a guarantee to succeed in the league. Though. Not a guarantee to succeed in the league. We've seen it with a lot of quarterbacks Jared who Goff. are amazing in college and then they come to the NFL and it's a different ballgame. But I feel like if you're able to find a player who succeeded at both, then, I mean, it could be game over from there. Um you don't even necessarily have to be a superstar in, in college. We've seen players who weren't necessarily the biggest, best top overall picks in college come to the NFL and it's a different ball game and just be miraculous. And then to have that one, two punch with, with uh, Burrow and chase another guy who played in college, who they drafted, they developed. It just seems like a foolproof system here. And then I like the idea of doing that and then kind of integrating other pieces from the outside, like to fill those holes. That to me is the perfect way to do it. But I mean, easier said than done. Frank. Yeah. So you really right here, you got two polar opposite teams, one who's drafted and developing and the other one just went for broke. Um, And me personally, if it's my favorite team, I strongly prefer the drafting and developing process. Like, infinitely times better than going for broken your team because if the Bengals are a young team right now and it's clear and obvious that based on their success this year and they're still growing and these players are getting better and they're getting years under their belt in the NFL that's good long term the Rams are good short term like you said the Rams are going to probably fall off a cliff within the next five years they got a lot of veterans they got a lot of experience but that that's not good necessarily for the long-term look for a franchise. And that's what I want. If my team could contend at a, how young they are now, imagine what they're going to do in five, six, seven years later on. They're only going to get better experience is power. And that power is going to turn into, it's going to turn into success. So I strongly love what the Bengals did here. I agree with you guys. I would take the route of the Bengals. I will say, though, part of me wishes like the Bears would have went all in with that defense. And when they realized Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the guy, instead of drafting Justin Fields, and now he has to develop, but the defense is getting progressively worse while he develops, um, maybe they could have traded for Matthew Stafford or someone good who's on the trade market. Kyler Murray might be available now because he took all the Arizona stuff off his social media accounts and all of a sudden it seems like he hates the Arizona Cardinals for some reason like he might be available now Russell Wilson part of me thinks like I think it's dependent on the franchise like the Bears would have been smart to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. or Von Miller to add to that defense and maybe if they added a quarterback uh, they had an idiot coach you know Matt Nagy's a boob but you know Sean McVay's an elite coach and if Russell Wilson leaves Seattle Tom retired the Rams might have the only elite coach quarterback duo left in the NFC with McVay and Stafford. So it's going to be interesting to see how that rolls out. So I'm with you. If you're starting from scratch, I'd go with the Bengals. 
But then there are teams like the Bears who have an elite defense but no quarterback, and you can add to the defense with someone like Von Miller. Then I guess it could have worked, but you know now you're the Bears and you have this declining defense and the quarterback is developing. So by the time Justin Fields is a star quarterback, where's the defense going to be? It's it's tough to win in the NFL. When you make it to the Super Bowl, you deserve all the recognition that you get. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Oh, Joe, you want to say? No, go. You go ahead. I'll I'll go after. Because I, I agree with what you're saying, Vin. And yeah, you're right to a point. But is it worth giving up everything you're giving up? just for that moment, like think about how, how much the Rams had to give up to get uh, Stafford to get, uh, well, they, they didn't really give up anything for OBJ, right? Cause he wasn't, yeah. Yeah. No, agent. no. But if they win the Super Bowl, yeah, I would say it was worth it. Yeah. That but is then, your like, end goal. That is everyone's end goal. That is your goal. But then you kind of stink for the next few years, potentially. Yeah. Like, I mean, things would really go south. I mean, I think the, the main goal of a franchise is to consistently win. You want to be that modern day dynasty. Right? Sure, that's yeah, really yeah, hard it's, though. It it's it's great to win. Like, oh yeah, we won the Super Bowl. That's great. A lot of recognition for our team. But I just don't want to stink. Then in a few years, I mean, a good way to forward. here's what I was gonna say. A good way to look at it, Frank, is um, you kind of look at two teams. We'll say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who built this awesome team, brought that city a Super Bowl. You know, Tom Brady. They, they built that team in Tampa. They got the Super Bowl. But now what? Tom Brady's gone. Are they going to be good next year? I don't think they're going to really be that good next year. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. And you look at a team who – Depends what quarterback they get. You look at a team who went to draft and – Yeah, well, you look at the team who drafted and developed. Like You went that route in the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. And, yeah, they got their Super Bowl. But now, look, they're going to be in the mix to win that Super Bowl year after year after year. And no one's really going anywhere. And all they really can do now is fill the holes that they need. So – Okay. I think the right the right answer is draft and develop and fill the holes, but I mean the end goal for everyone is to win the Super Bowl, and if you're able to give that city a Super Bowl, regardless of how your future is going to be, that's also going to be a route that teams take. And I don't hate it if they're able to get it done. Who would you rather have been a fan of in the last 15 years, the New York Football Giants or the Baltimore Ravens? The New York Football Giants snuck into the playoffs twice, won the Super Bowl both times, and haven't been in the playoffs any other year. The Baltimore Ravens, outside of this year, Lamar was hurt most of the year. Outside of this year, the Ravens are in the playoffs every single year. They have a legit chance to win the Super Bowl every year, but they only have one in the last 15. Who would you rather be a fan of? I would take the Giants. Yeah, but now it's like more exciting. I would would probably take the Ravens if they they have the one Super Bowl. Because now if you're a Giants fan, it's boring. It sucks. Like, you're not happy you're a Giants fan. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a Bears fan, so, like. So, it's, I mean, I like consistently. I don't like to sit here and be on that high. And then all of a sudden, like, for four years, I'm like, oh, it's another season. This is going to blow. Okay, what about who's a team that's really good right now that hasn't won the Super Bowl yet? Let's say the Rams lose on Sunday. Would you rather be a fan of the Rams or the Giants in the last 15 years? Rams have zero. And the Giants have two, but the Rams—they're in the playoffs every year. They're making trades for but great. They're players. exciting every year. They're exciting, but like the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. It's a very fine argument that I honestly I accept answers from both sides. Me and, personally, I'm taking the Super Bowls. And yeah, those are and supposed that, to be like the greatest moments of your sports fan life. So like, or or you could bring it over to baseball. Who would you rather be? Saying. Who would you rather be a fan of in the last ten years? The Cubs or the White Sox? The White Sox are going to be awesome for the next seven years. The Cubs have the one World Series. They're probably going to be pretty bad for the next five or six. So, like, who would you rather be a fan of? 
most people would say the Cubs. I agree with the, I would pick yeah, the Giants if you're comparing it to the Ravens or comparing it to the uh, Rams if they if they lose this Sunday. Um, but I because that's just because the Ravens have that Super Bowl. And yeah, you want to see your team win the Super Bowl. You also want to see them have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Totally. Um, you guys excited for halftime? I'm very excited for halftime. Why is I'm that? actually not that excited. Yeah, I, I had a feeling Frankie wouldn't be. Um, Mary J. Blige, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame type talent. I'm, I love. Go ahead. I, I mean, I love Eminem. I love Snoop Dogg. The other guys, I don't. I haven't really listened to that much, so it's like Kendrick Lamar is pretty good. He's all right. And then Mary J. Blige is like a borderline legend, wouldn't you say? Joe? I just want it to be entertaining. That's all. I think it's gonna yeah. be so entertaining. I haven't been this in this. Uh, it's gonna sound weird. I haven't been this excited for a halftime show since my favorite halftime show. I don't know if you were gonna ask about favorite halftime show ever. No, I wasn't. But you could say it. I think I know it. Obviously, it came in the worst Super Bowl ever. It was a blowout Super Bowl. The Seattle Seahawks blew out the Denver Broncos. It was in 2014. I don't know the number Super Bowl. Um, Bruno Mars opens up the Super Bowl halftime show with the sick drum solo. Starts playing. I love Bruno Mars. I think his songs are so catchy. And there's really nothing bad I have to say about Bruno Mars. And then all of a sudden he transitions into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They perform my favorite Chili Pepper song of all time, Give It Away. And then it goes right back to Bruno Mars. That, to me, I don't know if there's ever going to be a Super Bowl halftime show that I enjoy more than that. But I am so excited for this one because I am a huge fan of Snoop Dogg. I love Eminem. I've been listening to Eminem. I've been listening to Dr. Dre. And those three guys, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, they all have so many songs together. And then you throw in Kendrick Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige. I think it's going to be very entertaining. I'm I'm super excited for it because I'm my favorite of them all. Probably my favorite rapper of all time could be a chalk answer i don't know is eminem so i'm super excited for it there you go i am too i really am too i can't wait eminem's awesome i love snoop dogg um there were some bets i none of these are on the site i have here but like what color will eminem's hair be blonde black or other uh will more than two people be wearing sunglasses i think no i think exactly two will be wearing sunglasses uh, you know, will will Snoop Dogg be smoking live on stage? I say no, just because it's on NBC. But he'll definitely be ripped out of his mind. That's for damn sure. But you know, I'm pretty excited for it. So, or how about any uh, wardrobe malfunctions that we've seen in, in Super Bowl past? That's what I'm laughing. At. It was brought to my attention. Uh, Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, I have a couple prop Super Bowl bets for you. You want me to read them off and you give me your answer? Let's hear it. Any kick to hit the uprights? Yes is plus 400. No is minus 550. Like the posts? Yeah. I'd say no. I think you have to bet no. I mean, you could. I mean, me it's a Fr- t- you're giving up a lot of chalk right there. That's I know. A, you're giving yeah. up a lot. Your odds, guys, though, but how often? Like, you got to go with the thing that's most. If likely. Cody Parkey was in the Super Bowl, absolutely. <laughs> You'd smash the yes. Like, I'm not even joking. Because like it happens so often, yeah. and I don't think it'd be plus four hundred to be honest with you. I think um, McPherson is arguably the best kicker in the league, or at least becoming the best kicker in the league. And McPherson, every time I've seen this kid kick something, it is dead center. So that's going to eliminate that half. And so yeah, I'm going to say it's an easy no. 
Yeah, I would say I agree. Easy, no, it's not going to happen. The only way it maybe would happen, somebody had like an attempt of 58 to 60 yard and like, oh, it's swinging right. But even (laughs) then, I don't think the odds of it hitting the post would be. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be too windy over in L.A. Coin toss outcome, heads minus 105, tails minus 105. See, for me, this is such a stupid bet because you're not, it should be plus 100, plus 100. It should. You're losing. You're losing money. Anyone who takes this bet is an idiot. You're better. It's a fifty. I want. I put a hundred on heads last year and one fifty. Okay, fifty. <laughs> yeah, or, no, you should be winning a yeah. hundred. You should yeah, be winning ninety five. Maybe I did. Maybe I did win ninety. ripped off. No, maybe yeah. it was a hundred. Maybe it was a hundred. <laughs> I did heads. Yeah, it was minus two hundred. I did heads. <laughs> I'll try and find it. I did. Someone heads. pocketed his money. No, no way you would win fifty if it was minus two hundred. And yeah. it ain't no minus two hundred. Yeah. That's funny. It's a weighted coin over there. <laughs> Now, uh, but yeah, if it's minus 105 on your site, here's the advice for me. Don't take it because it, yeah, that's a coin flip. There's a 50-50 chance. You have better odds to get more value if you go put $100 on black on a virtual roulette board. It's 50-50 and you get paid one-to-one. You shouldn't not get paid one-to-one if you're betting a 50-50 thing. That's just, I don't know. It's literally one of the only things in sports that may be 50-50 is the coin flip. Yeah. So... I, I just don't. It's a way for them to make money, obviously. Oh, yeah. They, they make profit on every yeah. single bet. Yeah. Because yeah, they're yeah. not paying one to one. Right. Color it, of the Gatorade poured on the winning head coach. See, I'm bad at this. Clear slash water plus 250. Orange plus 300. Yellow slash green 350. Blue 400. None plus 600. Red slash pink plus 1200. Purple plus fourteen hundred. I don't think I've ever seen purple. Probably why it's plus fourteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um, I'm bad at this because if you ask me what it was last year, I I would have to go with orange. I just seem like that's like the standard, and I think that's the favorite on yours. No, second favorite. What's it's the favorite? Clear slash water is the clear, favorite. Clear, clear slash water though could be your favorite, Frank. The glacier the, cherry. The glacier cherry. There's no way they're dumping glacier cherry. They're not wasting that delicious, fruitful product. Could you just imagine it being dumped and it's just white? Like I don't see it. Um, I, I would. I would say orange. All right. The bangle orange. Here's why I hate this because like, you think it's a chance, but like I, I the players got to have some say on what flavor Gatorade they're actually drinking throughout the game. No. I don't know. I don't know how my guess, okay. designated bucket. Hey, don't drink out of the coach Gatorade. No, what, what if they like taking the, a survey before the game? What if the whole team just hates like or the orange flavored Gatorade? No one's gonna like I guess I the like way the you could like really do research, be like, what color Gatorade has the Bengals been drinking all year? What color Gatorade has the Rams? Yeah, or like look at year? like try to find yeah. out what it was last game. Like yeah. are they changed they're not changing it up, but maybe, then that team needs to win. Maybe that's why uh it's clear and is mine or plus 250 because Joe Burrow loves Glacier Cherry. Here's, an, <laughs> here's another option what if they have all the flavors on the sideline and the like when it's time to pour the Gatorade, they choose a bucket? So there's other options, like we're not like they're not only drinking one flavor throughout the whole game. Like, what if there's other flavors? There's no there way they probably are, yeah, I would guarantee there are. So, so it's I don't just know. a matter of what Gatorade bucket they grab. I'm going. I'm going yellow green. I'm going orange. I'd go with orange too. Jersey number of the first touchdown score under 23 and a half minus 140. Over 23 and a half plus 110. 
I think it's I think it's under. I'll for take sure. the under too. I was like Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham under? Jr., Jamar Chase, yeah, Burrow, yeah. Stafford. The under, under yeah. twenty three and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow could run it in, and that's he's number nine. Yeah. So is Stafford. Jamar Chase is number Stafford one. Stafford is number I nine to too. Think, I was trying to think of other players. Stafford's nine. You pretty much just need them not to run it in. I was going to say Odell Beckham Jr. Run it in, you're screwed because they're in like the fifties. Yeah. Odell or Beckham a, Jr. Or a tight end. Uzuma's like high. He's got a high number. But the kickers Wait. are low. Oh no, touchdown score. Yeah, there? touchdown score. Yeah. You're really screwed if it's a defensive score. This is the one that's crazy to me. Will there be an octopus? Yes, plus fourteen hundred. No, minus twenty five hundred. What do you mean? I don't really, I don't really get it. Like, it's like what? someone throwing an octopus? There's something we don't know. Detroit, don't know. Detroit isn't involved. Yeah, Stafford right. is. Will there be an octopus? Does that have something to do with? Uh, why does that sound familiar? Like during the halftime show, like an octopus, like figurine. I have no idea, but if we see an octopus, I will laugh so hard. I almost want to throw five on yes. No, I don't know if it's a real octopus. Well, yeah, I don't know the rule. I'm picturing like like you know how you had the left shark during like yeah. Katy Perry's halftime yeah. show, like an octopus like that, like a costume. You think? I was thinking real octopus. Mm. Why would the well, odds be so high to see a? I'm gonna go octopus? yes. A kid could be wearing an octopus. <laughs> I might throw a little something on yes. I would go bananas if I. <laughs> who would you pick? Who would you pick as your first touchdown score? Oh, this is always. I tough. got. I got mine. You go first. I got a thing. Jamar Chase plus eight hundred. Good for fourth best out of both teams. I would say Cooper Cup. I think. Uh, I think that Matthew Stafford is going to be targeting him a lot in a big game like this. So yeah, he's Cooper the Cup. number one option. I would pick Odell Beckham Jr. Fifth what, what, best what plus nine hundred for top plus five hundred. <laughs> Frankie's like phone phone. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but for first touchdown score, I, they're always high odds no matter who you pick. So, yep. So another another thing that makes the Super Bowl fun are those prop bets. We got uh, some commercials coming up. What do you guys think? Um. I'll I'll go here real quick. I'm so excited for the commercials, and there's one that I'm I'm specifically excited for, and it's not um it's not your traditional like Doritos or a beer commercial. I'm just a huge fan of this guy. Even you know Frank, you do too. Dave, the rapper, aka yeah. Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. He I don't know. I forget the company, but he he's got a commercial, <laughs> and he he posted like a little trailer for it. And I'm a huge Lil Dicky fan. I think he's hilarious. I've seen I watched both of uh, season one and season two multiple times of his show. Dave, it's on Hulu FX. Um, He landed a commercial and he's advertising it as he wasn't able to get a halftime show because he is a rapper. He wasn't able to get on the halftime show. So he's throwing himself not big enough for that. But no, he's nowhere near big enough for that. So he's he's throwing himself. He's doing a, a first quarter show. So in between the first quarter, whatever you call that, the quarter show, he's doing a quarter <laughs> show in between that segment of commercials in between the first quarter and the second quarter, there's going to be a little Dicky commercial. And I, I'm so excited to see what he does or what That's it is. That and he is posted funny. like a little commercial, like advertising it. So make sure if you're watching, think of me when you see Dave on the screen 
That's during funny. those first uh, first quarter and second quarter. I'm so excited. I, what if he's going to like actually have a performance for like 90 seconds? Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, I like Dave. I'm excited. You have to pay to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, so, well, it's honestly, an, it is a commercial. There is an advertise. There is a company that's doing it for you. Yeah, them. good for him. Make money. Don't spend money, Lil yeah. Dicky. Good for him, Frank. What do you got? Uh, I love the, I the Super Bowls. I it's like I don't want to go. You know, during the Super Bowl, I don't know when to go to the bathroom. No, it's hard. Do I want to? I don't want to miss like this funny commercial, and I don't want to go during the game, and I don't want to go during halftime. So it's like, but you got to go eventually. So, but the Super Bowl commercials, I I really look forward to. Uh, them in fact last night or a couple nights ago on uh i forgot what station it was maybe cbs super bowl's greatest commercials they did an hour-long special um and i just started watching it last night and it's the best super bowl commercials of all time it's like a countdown they do the top 10 with some honorable mentions like the best budweiser commercials best doritos whatever commercials and i got through like 15 minutes of it and i was laughing my ass off with some of these commercials they are great and i cannot wait to see what's in store for us this year awesome on uh, one more prop bet to go with the commercials that i saved over under four and a half athletes of non-football players in or no it included football players over under four and a half NBA, MLB, or NFL players featured in at least one commercial. I saw the this entire Super Bowl. I saw this prop bet. So if one commercial Except- has five, that's only one. Oh, commercials or players? Yeah, number of commercials with at least one NFL, MLB, or NBA player. Wait, I got breaking news for you. Then you're going to love this. Canadians name Hall of Fame forward Martin St. Louis coach after firing. Wow. <laughs> Dominique Ducharme. Wow. Martin St. Louis behind the bench. That's sick. That is sick. Wow. We are a hockey show, don't forget. But yeah, Martin wow. St. Louis. Martin St. Louis, a player that we loved to watch for both oh the Tampa God, Bay Lightning. And the New York Rangers That's is crazy. back wow. in the coaching game. Holy crap. I'm so excited. That's sick, yeah. That's amazing. Martin St. Louis. That's awesome. He scored He scored a goal against the Canadians to beat them in overtime, didn't he? With the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I'll never forget. The pucks got stripped by uh, uh, who was the Canadian? It might have even been Subban. Stripped the puck from the Ranger player, fed St. Louis, and he ripped it over Tokarski's shoulder. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's that's sick. That is sick. I'm very happy. I'm excited. St. Louis was the first ever National Hockey League player to retire. That made me cry. Because that was like, you know, when I first started watching hockey, when guys retired, I didn't give a crap because I didn't know much about them. St. Louis was one of the first players that I like watched a lot that retired. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Another commercial. Or were you guys done? I kind of. No, we weren't done. No, we oh. weren't done yet. Get, we'll get to All that right. in a minute. Number of commercials with at least one oh, athlete yeah, in it. And a uh, MLB, NFL, or NBA were included. No hockey. I saw this prop, but it said seven and a half. But I think it was seven and a half players for the one I saw. Oh yeah, no, because I think that's easy. Last year there was one. Last year there was one commercial with like ten NFL guys in it. 
I think there's going to be a lot of advertising. I would say over just because I'm going to say over too. There might be a lot of advertising with the NBA All-Star game coming up. LeBron will be in a commercial. Exactly. There's already the exactly. one with Zach Levine in it. Chris Paul doing a State Farm commercial. The I Manning brothers will be in one. There's there's exactly. State Farm State Farm with Rodgers and Mahomes. Yeah, so uh, I don't know about baseball. I mean, Otani Otani might be in a commercial. That wouldn't surprise I mean, baseball's me. in a lockout, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't. Those I, guys I'm can do whatever they want even more right now. They don't have jobs. Oh, you I have know, more but... of a job than a baseball player right now. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. Um, I would say the over easy. There's like, wasn't there a commercial last year with like a bunch of people? Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's only what? one commercial. That's one commercial. Oh, it has to be four separate commercials. Yeah, five. I still I think. think. I still. Think, I still yeah. think too. Yeah, I still think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because like I said, LeBron will have one. The yeah. Manning brothers will have one. There will be the State Farm with either Rogers. I honestly think Tom Brady might be one. Tom Brady might have. Tom Brady probably will have one actually. Gronk with uh, uh, what's the USAA? The is oh it insurance? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The insurance for people of military family. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. They do their State Farm stuff. Yeah, we only said that three times. Skyler makes a good point. I was reading something that I, want, I really want to tell you. I'm only kidding. You're gonna you're gonna like why I wasn't paying attention when I when I read what I'm about to read. All right, go for it. Um, and I bring this up now because I 100% believe that you know our favorite company in the world, arguably Disney, is gonna drop a bomb on us during. They always do, and it's gonna give me goosebumps. Obi Wan Kenobi is uh, starts streaming May 25th, and I have a feeling we're gonna get our first snippet of visually of that show during the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're probably Dis- right. Disney Darth is Vader will be in it too. Disney is 100% going to do something to blow everyone's mind and steal the show during a Super Bowl commercial and it's going to make me totally forget about the Super Bowl for a solid 30 minutes after I see this commercial. And Doctor Strange. Yes, that's another thing. I think I think Disney is going to Marvel/Disney is going to do something with Doctor Strange as well. I think you're going to see the TV show Kenobi and Doctor Strange. Some big stuff happen during Super Bowl. Oh, I can't wait. You're right. When things things besides football make the Super Bowl exciting, and that's what I like about it. It's like everybody's world coming together, and that's why Kellerman like has a point. Like There are just so many great things that come from it. And then, of course, you're going to have your ones that they're not going to have any star power, and they'll just have your traditional commercial actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doritos, always good for a really funny one. Snickers. Always good with a really funny one, and you know, I you know those companies that are always out there—the car commercials, different brands of cars and stuff. We're getting word that there's one with Paul Rudd that's supposed to be really funny, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, and I think Paramount Plus will drop a bombshell on us too. With we already saw a snippet of that commercial that had like uh, Master Chief in it, Beavis and Butthead, South Park character. Oh, I, I, that like that had Super Bowl commercial vibes. It did. So I, it I, did. You're right. Because they gonna, were all humming the song. Oh. Right now, at this point, Paramount Plus is fairly new. They're trying to sell it. I think an even. I think that was just the tip of the iceberg, and we're going to get an even bigger bombshell come Super Bowl. I agree. Joe, do you remember that time? I can't remember who sent us the video. It was in a church, and there was a church singer that started singing, oh, yeah. <laughs> just singing the Halo theme song church style. <laughs> so funny. Cracked me up. So, guys, I think that time of the show has come. And I've been looking forward to this for three weeks. 
because for three weeks we've argued over picks and who's going to win this, who's going to win that. I've had my triumphs. I've had my failures. You've had your triumphs. You've had your failures. But now it all comes down to Big Kahuna. It is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Frank, you have the pleasure of being the first person in the history of Bar Down to give a Super Bowl prediction and why. All right. So, obviously, it's not easy because both teams are here for a reason, right? You got to respect both teams for being here. They put their blood and sweat and tears on the line to get to this point. And I'm not picking with my heart because the, the team I think that's going to win is not who I would like to see win it. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I think uh, it's just, first of all, first reason, they're home. Having home field advantage in a Super Bowl is crazy, right? It's only ever happened once before this. And look at what happened. Bucks were home. They won the Super Bowl. They dominated. That home crowd, I mean, yeah, you're going to get all walks of life coming to the Super Bowl, but people from Los Angeles are more inclined to go because it's easier for them to go to. It's going to be roaring, um, and I just think home field advantage is one of the many reasons why I think they're going to win, along with I do think their roster is slightly better. They have the vet- they have veterans on their team, and I believe that experience helps you a lot in big situations like this. Um, I also have two interesting facts for you. One – I don't know. They announced like what teams will be wearing what jerseys. The the Rams are wearing their white jerseys, which I thought was kind of weird. I thought they'd be wearing their blue jerseys, but they're whatever. technically the road team. I don't know like how what determines that, but everything like, um, like you know how like the team that's on the right is usually the yeah. home team, and on the bottom is the home team. The Bengals are technically like the home team. Well, that's that. why the Rams are wearing white, and that yeah, that's why they're. Did you? I have a crazy stat for you. Obviously, this is just. Oh, I know it. Yeah. I don't know if Joey does though, but I have a stat to feed off what you're about to say. And then I have another cool point too, but anyway, Joe, the last 17 Super Bowls, the team that has worn white has won 14 out of the 17. Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, I I did not. I only knew that because like it was a big deal with Brady on what Jersey like they would wear. And I just, I just thought that was insane. Like I obviously is it just a coincidence? Probably the colored jersey you wear is not going to decide if you win the Super Bowl. But I just thought that was a crazy, crazy um, stat. But I, I do believe that the the roster has that veteran instinct. The Rams will take it. I believe. I would love to see Joe Burrow win the Super Bowl. I think that would be so sick. Just because you know I'm not high up on Matthew Stafford as it is, but I'm not going to pick with my heart. I'm going to pick with my head and use my resources and why I think the Rams are going to win. And that's who I'm going to go with. But really quick, before anybody else goes. My sister sent me a text today and she knows, or you guys know how like Simpsons predict shit all the time. Like Simpsons is the show that predicts stuff, right? Did you know they had the Bengals and Rams in the Super Bowl? Are you serious? When? And, they, and I don't, I don't know. She sent me the picture. It said Bengals and Rams, the Simpsons. Cause you know, like the Simpsons predict everything and yeah. whatever the, the Simpsons had, Bengals Rams in the Super Bowl in one of their episodes, and actually the, they had the Bengals winning 34-31. So I just thought that was an interesting fact, but I'm picking the Rams. That's my pick. Well, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and feed off that with agreeing with um... really quick. 
Frank, you brought up the Super Bowl stat about white versus color. Mm -hmm. Do you know what color the three teams that didn't win the Super Bowl or weren't wearing white? Is it orange? All of them were green. Green? The Packers and the Eagles. Wow. Interesting. So either green or white have won the Super Bowl. In the last 17 years, that's crazy. (laughs) Yep. Um. Yeah, that's the I, picture. That's one yeah, of the I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with uh Mr. Homer Simpson here. And I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna upset. And I say upset because yes, I agree with everything you said, Frank. I think the Rams have a better team all around. I just think Joe Burrow is on another level right now, and the path that he's taken in order to get to where he's at right now is remarkable going up against the Raiders, who I thought would win, the Titans, who I thought would win. And the Chiefs, who I honestly thought were probably going to beat them. But the Bengals shut me up every single time. Maybe they they probably don't want me to go with them because I've gone against them uh, <laughs> leading up to this point. But, I mean, they are just on a, a wave of upsets that I think is going to continue going into L.A. And, yes, it's on the road, but or technically on the road. You know, yes, you make a great point about the Rams being at home and it's such a huge thing in football. Um, but I don't know. I just think Joe Burrow's on a new level where he's going to conquer any obstacles thrown at him, whether it's nine sacks in a game against the Titans, like, like we have, we saw, or was that against the Raiders? I don't know. Or, or uh, playing on the road in in a way stadium. So I think Joe Burrow is going to be able to pull this one off and kind of cement himself as like one of the top two, maybe best quarterback active in the league. There you go. There's Joey and Frankie's picks. I'm curious what, where people think I would go with this. Do I agree with Frankie or do I agree with Joey? Frank, if you had to guess, would you say I agree with you or Joey? I think you're going to agree with me just of how highly you've talked with about Matthew Stafford the whole season and the Rams. I would be shocked if you chose the Bengals. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't want the Bengals to win, but I think you're going to choose the Rams. Joe? I agree. You're going to choose the Rams. If I got to choose, who wins the Super Bowl? Roger Goodell calls me right now and says, Vince – I'm going to have my referees rig the game to whoever you want to win right now. I would choose the Cincinnati Bengals. I really would. Joe Burrow's one of my favorites. Saw him at LSU. Love LSU. Love the SEC. I do not think the Super Bowl is going to go his way. I do not think it's going to be close. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals by two scores or more. And I will tell you why. The biggest weakness of the Cincinnati Bengals is their offensive line. They probably, because of their bad offensive line, you could make the case that they have the worst roster of any team to make the playoffs. But their offense was still so explosive with their great receivers and Joe Burrow making outstanding explosive plays. They got He got sacked because of his bad offensive line nine times by the Tennessee Titans. But do you know what the Los Angeles Rams have that the Tennessee Titans don't? An elite quarterback that will take advantage of the defense playing that well. And let me tell you one other thing. The weakness of the Bengals is the strength of the Rams. The Rams' defensive line has three menaces on it. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller are going to have zero problem getting to Joe Burrow. They're going to sack him a bunch. 
I don't even see how Joe Burrow is going to have much time at all to find his receivers and be as explosive as we know he can be. I think that's going to be a serious issue for Joe Burrow. And like I said, instead of having Ryan Tannehill come out there and try and make up for those nine sacks, it's going to be Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. And they have a pretty good offensive line themselves. Like I said, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be close. The Rams have a better coach. And I think this is the year where the Rams finally get it done after all these years of trying to put it together. And, just you know, they made the decision that Jared Goff isn't the guy. And they got Matthew Stafford, who's a significant upgrade. And acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the season and acquiring Von Miller in the middle of the season, this is the year for the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford will solidify his Hall of Fame career at this point in time. And really, unless he throws like a late game interception that leads to a huge momentum swing, because I don't think the Bengals are like a bad team playing in the Super Bowl by any means. I don't think they're lucky to be here. I don't think they're just happy to be here. I think they'll be back. They might be back sooner than the Rams, because I think the future is a little bit brighter for the Bengals than the Rams. But in the present time, I got the Rams winning this Super Bowl by a final score of 35 to 14. Wow. Very interesting. There you have it. Frank, what's your favorite story of the Super Bowl going in? Uh, I told you this last week when you asked me the favorite story, and I told you it wouldn't change. So I'll, I'm just going to reiterate what I said. And that's the fact that the Bengals are here in the Super Bowl. Because if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, the Cincinnati Bengals would be going to the Super, Super Bowl, I'd say, buddy, you're on glue. That's not going to happen. Not this year. Um, but they proved me wrong. And I think it's fantastic because I love seeing this team excel. Um, I, they're just fun to watch. So I think it's going to make for an entertaining Super Bowl, in my opinion. Joseph? Joe Burrow being here and having a chance to um, be the first player in NFL history to win the Heisman, the national championship, and the Super Bowl, and he's going to potentially do it in a three-year span. I think that is the most incredible story, and I'm not even a college football fan. So there you go. Mine. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Stafford. I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford. He took a lot of heat in Detroit, unwarranted. You look at his stats from his time in Detroit, and the only stats that are bad are his wins and losses. And football, although the quarterback is the field general and you can't go without a good quarterback, it's a team game at the same time. And two things can be true. The quarterback could be the most important upset team, but when you go to a team like the Rams and they have a very mediocre to bad quarterback running the show there, and you replace him with someone who could throw for 4,500 yards and has a great coach, and I'm happy for Sean McVay that he was able to acquire someone like Matthew Stafford, and they had a little bit of a rough patch in the middle of the season, and they, they came together and worked hard and got through the playoffs not easily. They went through Tom Brady, and now they're going to have their hands full with the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They're going to need their defense to do what they do, and that's the storyline I'm most looking forward to going in. And I will say – that if you're looking for storylines going into the Super Bowl and storylines following the Super Bowl, you could head over to DeWindyCity.com where I already have my article written for, not written, but planned out for either outcome. And I'm very excited to share my thoughts on relating what happened in this year's Super Bowl to the Chicago Bears and where they are at in their franchise and how excited or lack thereof I am in certain aspects of their team. So I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with the world as, you know, we wrap up the football season here. 
Very good. That's incredible. And to kick off or to end the show, we're not just going to end it. I know we've had a lot of betting talk, but of course, we always got to get to our favorite segment and the number one favorite segment of American podcasting. And of course, that is Breaking Bets. Welcome to Breaking Bets, hosted by Joseph Walter White, Francis, Francis Jesse Pinkman, and Vincent Walter Jr. Guys, what do we got? It's the biggest betting weekend of the year. I'm probably going to come out of retirement. Yeah, I certainly am going to be betting on the Super Bowl. I don't really have any of those picks. I would plan on doing it you know, Sunday morning, Saturday night, sitting down looking at all the props. Uh, and kind of going from there, I do. I will end up taking the Bengals money line. I'm seeing it right now at plus 163. That is for sure going to be one of my bets. It'll just be that bet, no parlay, straight up at plus 163. The team that I'm, I think is going to win, I can't pass up that value. You know, $100 to win 163, you can't beat that if I actually think it's going to happen. Um, but in terms of breaking bets tonight, uh, there's two hockey games that just screamed at me. Uh, and they're both on money line, none of the spread, no overs, and they're both late games. So, you know, you got time to do your Wednesday activities and then come out for the late games. Frank, I'm sorry if I steal any of your picks again for the hockey scene because it seems to be a theme here. But the Vegas Golden Knights are going into Calgary. I know how good Calgary is at home, but Vegas is one of those teams where whenever you see them plus, you you got to you gotta hop on it. They're plus 112 right now. And so I like the Vegas Golden, Golden Knights on the road in Calgary. Um, money line that's to me is a great pick. The other one is a 9:30 game, so an hour later we're getting real late. I know, got to stay up late to watch these bets. That's my least favorite part about it. Um, the New York Islanders are going into Vancouver, and I like the Vancouver Canucks tonight at plus 107. Home dog. The Vancouver Canucks have been a different team under Bruce Boudreau. The New York Islanders have not been great this year. Um, and I think going into Canada is going to, you know, favor the Canucks. They're used to playing with no fans as of late, and that's what's going on in Vancouver right now. So I like the Vancouver Canucks plus 107 and the Vegas Golden Knights on the road plus 112. I have a bit of breaking news before Frankie goes. Boston Bruins goaltender Tuka Rask has officially announced his retirement from the National Hockey League. Yeah, I, uh, I told Vinny this morning, I said, I thought that, or I, I asked if you heard the Tukarask news and, uh, and he said, no. And I was like, well, he's about to announce his retirement. And that's probably the worst news as a Bruins fan I've ever heard. Cause he is my favorite player and it's hard to replace players like that. So very sorry. Um, I know he meant a lot to you. He meant a lot to me over the years. Um, I'm not going to make fun of you for getting a little teary eyed right now. Um, cause I, I certainly know what that's like. Tuka Rask has been a big part of our life and our fandom for a very long time. You could go to the Boston Bruins official Twitter account, Instagram, Facebook, all that to read a letter that he wrote to the fans. And I think he wrote a letter to Joey specifically. Um, I have a text. I was talking to him this morning. That's how I found out. Yeah. Tuka Rask is one of the greatest goalies who ever lived. I think in NHL history, he has the fourth best goals against average and the third best save percentage. And he was one of the most underrated, underappreciated athletes in the history of Boston sports. 
he was never as loved and embraced as he should have been by the Boston Bruins and his career is ending because of an injury, which really is not something that you always want to hear, but congrats to Tuka Rask and his family on an incredible career. I'm happy to know that you made a significant amount of money and you got to win a lot of big games and you were one of the great goalies who ever lived. So congratulations to you, Tuka. And that's about it. Frank, you could continue with your bets. Yeah, I don't know how to follow up that because uh, I watched Tuka Rask and Tim Thomas, the two goalies, prominent goalies for the Bruins over the years, and it's kind of crazy that it's like the end of an era in a way. But, um, yeah, that's kind of sad. But uh, back to the betting, I guess, now that you put a damper on things. Uh, <laughs> for real, like way to kill the vibes. We're a show that spills the beans. All right, so what we got here, I wanted to do something special for Super Bowl. I don't have any pro- – like Joey said, I don't have any props written on. That's something you do the night before, the day of, right? I was looking at over and under on the national anthem. I was going to give a pick on that, but I, I just don't have it because there's just so many things you could bet on that I just wanted to keep it simple kind of with the picks. But I wanted to dissect the Super Bowl. I have – an over-under pick, a spread pick, and a money line pick for the Super Bowl game, something I've never done before on this show. But I felt because it's a Super Bowl, this was the right thing to do. Um, first of all, over-under for the Bengals-Rams game is 48.5. 48.5, in my opinion, is way too low for two dynamic offenses. Um, and, Vin, if your prediction comes true, 35-14, to 14, that hits the over. That's 49 Hits it by a half a point at minus 110. I don't think it's that bad of a deal, or I don't think it's that bad of a bet. However, I do disagree with you. I do think the game is going to be high scoring and a lot more closer than you think. So if I had to take the spread, I would consider taking the Rams or the the Bengals plus four. Because I wouldn't be shocked if the, the Rams won by a field goal or whatnot. Plus four for the Bengals is minus 110. But really, in reality, I think the smartest bet that somebody can make, even though it's going to be a little pricey, is the Rams money line at minus 195. Yeah, you got to give up a lot of juice here, but you're not really giving up that much if it ends up winning. So that's the way I see it. Those are my three picks on the Super Bowl. I have an NBA pick and a hockey pick. Uh, I'll go with my hockey pick. Joe, I knew you were going to say the Vegas Golden Knights. That's why I didn't write it down. I was thinking, I, I agree with you on the the Vegas Golden Knights pick. And that's why I'm like, oh, I'm not going to write it down because I guarantee you Joey will find a way to steal my pick. So I tried to pick something that I think you wouldn't steal, and you didn't. Until the Philadelphia Flyers can prove to me that they're consistent and they want to be in the NHL to contend with teams, I'm going to go against them. I like the Detroit Red Wings on the road in Philadelphia at plus 103. I think Detroit's the better of the two teams this year. The standings show it. Standings don't always mean anything, but it's clear that the Red Wings are the better to the two teams here. You can I, get a missed play. I was looking at that game, so you I'm get happy missed, you said that. Yeah, we, we're always on the same wavelength, so mm-hmm. we that's, that's just what we do. The Philadelphia Flyers are not consistent. They stink. They've won two in a row. This is a great letdown spot for them. People are like, oh, they're on two in a row. Now they're home against the they're, Red they're Wings. They're due for a loss. They're, they're <laughs> due for a loss, and this is a great spot to take the road dog at plus 103. My NBA pick, my final pick, this is another late one. Joey mentioned staying up late. It's a 9 o'clock or on ESPN. The Warriors go into Utah to face off the Jazz. The Warriors are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. I'm pretty sure Klay Thompson's not playing. They got like five guys on the injury report. 
I think Curry's playing, which I guess if you're a Warriors fan, that's one of the only things like you could look forward to. Yeah, Curry's playing. Uh, the Jazz money line is minus 127. I love this. They're at home. They're playing an injury-written uh, written, uh, Warriors team. And not to mention that the Jazz have are getting – I don't know if this is their first game back with them, but Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz' best player, is playing, I'm pretty sure. And I think that's why the Jazz are favored. This is just a great spot to take a very, very good team in the Jazz against a, a, a Warriors team who's not healthy right now. I, I don't think like anybody should pass up on the opportunity to take the Jazz money line at minus 127. There you go. Very good bets all across the board. I'm coming out of retirement. I will be betting the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl. Um, I really like uh, the Chicago Bulls against the Hornets tonight, talking uh, basketball and hockey. I think the Oilers are going to absolutely smoke the Blackhawks. Um, you know, McDavid should have his way you know, against those Blackhawks defenders. And I know Marc-Andre Fleury can make an impact, so hopefully he does. Um, looking at the rest of the NHL schedule, I know that there are some interesting, you know, games. I kind of think the Arizona Coyotes are going to have a good game tonight against the Seattle Kraken. I don't understand why the Kraken are minus 230. I actually think that's good value on Arizona. But, you know, outside of that, it really just comes down to the Super Bowl. And mainly for me, I'm going to try and have some fun with the prop picks as well. I think I will pick Odell Beckham Jr. to score the first touchdown. I just have a funny feeling that that's going to be the case. And, you know, the Rams to win. I like the over as well because even if the Bengals lose, they should still score some points. But I think Joe Burrow's inability to consistently run an offense with all those monsters chasing after him could damper that a little bit. But... Either way, I'm very excited to watch the Super Bowl. I will be watching with you guys, which is also very exciting. I'm excited to eat buffalo dip and chips with you, Frank. Um, yep. Should be a really good time, and I hope everybody Absolutely. out there enjoys the Super Bowl. And I know, you know, it's a really fun time to be around sports right now. Like, everybody loves watching the Super Bowl. Like, that's what we watch all year for. To say, hey, who has the best chance to win it all this year? And now we're down to the Rams and the Bengals. Two teams that in our life we haven't seen. The Rams were in it two years ago, which is nice. But they're not two teams that we've seen in the Super Bowl a bunch in our entire lifetimes. So it's going to be really fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. And King Pookie asked who will have the best commercial. I know we talked about that earlier. But, like, I got to go with Doritos. I feel like every year Doritos has always, like, had a very funny, like, mm -hmm. commercial that will grab go, everyone's attention. I'll go with Snickers. I gotta agree with Doritos, just because I I'm, I hope I'm eating Doritos while I watch that Doritos commercial. Well, you guys Absolutely. will be you guys will be eating Doritos with Uncle Joe here. In <laughs> Uncle the chat. Joe, he'll be there too, eating oh, chips. That's great. Eating chips. That's what we do. We eat chips and we watch football. So, <laughs> everybody for tuning in. <laughs> I appreciate. Um, it's been a lot of fun to do this show and talking football with you guys. I know we'll probably use the first period next week to dissect the Super Bowl and all the happenings that went down with it. And of course, getting back to our regularly scheduled National Hockey League uh, show, talking about the stretch run of the NHL season, the trade deadlines coming up. Then we're going to start getting into the stretch run of the regular season. We'll get into the postseason, the Stanley Cup, the draft, free agency. This show never sleeps. I never sleep. And I'm hoping that everybody has a good time. Is there anything else that either of you two want to say before we head on out of here? 
just uh, I hope everybody, whatever they're doing for Super Bowl, they have a safe and happy time. Enjoy it. Um, it's one of the biggest times of the year. So I just I want everybody to have a good time, whatever they do. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and have a good time and be safe. I mean, a lot of big gatherings going on in the Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, who knows what, what these you know numbers will be like after Super Bowl Sunday. But hey, we'll have a good time. It's all that matters. Be safe. Do what you got to do and be happy. And as we like to say, keep enjoying sports. And we'll be excited to be back with you again next week here on Bar Down Talking Hockey. And, of course, you could check me out tomorrow on Crosstown Crosstalk where I will be joined by Cuban Dugout who likes to come on shows and talk about Cuban prospects and Major League Baseball. I plan on talking about things like Luis Robert and Jose Abreu and Oscar Colas, who just signed with the White Sox as an international prospect. And I kind of want to talk about Minnie Minoso going to the Hall of Fame as one of the first great Cuban baseball players who ever lived. So it's going to be a good time, 2 p.m. Central tomorrow. Um, All the other great shows on the Barroom Network, uh, Bulls 101, Mike North, Dan and Aldo, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a great, great network of programming, and I encourage everybody to check it out as often as they can. And for at the King Bean on Twitter, at Joey Parisi on Twitter, I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. No underscore. Thank you for listening. <laughs>